We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good, everybody? Before we get started on today's show, big ups to the members of the Patreon. Jake Powers, Mike Wozniak, Derek Pleates, Corey Johnson Hoops, Devin Rendon, Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Daniel Gibson, and Flying Ryan Pisner. Also, big ups to Jordan Richard and my girl Beth from the Twitch gang coming on over to Patreon. We got another one. Beth, thank you so much. Thank you to everybody who's a member of the Patreon. Remember, all new patrons get a shout out. And then if you're in those appropriate tiers, you get a shout out on every single pod. So if you are a member of the Patreon, you've probably heard this episode already because it was uploaded earlier last week. My guy, Joseph Jay from Complex. Man, I really enjoyed this conversation with Jay. A really solid dude. If you guys know what I mean by solid, just like across the board, just a good ass dude. And he's always looked out for me. He's always hit me up about certain job opportunities and whatnot. And it was a really fun conversation. We dove deep into what it's been like creating during COVID. Man, it's a, it's been about a year now, right? It's been about a year where we've had to deal with this pandemic. So luckily, we're all here. You're all here if you're listening to this. And in the grand scheme of things, that's the only thing that really matters. And we talk about that. We talk about taking the next step with your content. Uh, we talk about the Mets, a little baseball talk. I know that's going to surprise you, Legends, a little baseball talk. We talk some hoops. We talk about a lot of different things, man. And, you know, we end the show on a really interesting conversation about what makes a rivalry. And it's something that I'm going to spill into the Locker Room. Locker Room is this new app. If you guys want to download it and come and hang out with us every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. I'll be hosting a room for about an hour, hour and a half. It's a opportunity with Blue Wire to connect with some of you guys that listen. So the app is free. You can come in and you can come and have a conversation with us. So something that I'm going to be doing on Tuesday is this topic of what makes a rivalry. And the the at its core, the conversation started because Jay studied abroad in Spain. Jay's also been on the podcast twice before, so you guys have probably heard his voice, but way back during the world cup in 2018 he came on and i was fascinated by him because he used to hate soccer maybe not hate soccer but he wasn't a fan of soccer and then he studied abroad in 2012 2013 in madrid and now soccer is one of his favorite sports and we talk about what makes a rivalry is it the players or is it the team and we talk about the el clasico barcelona versus real madrid ronaldo is no longer at madrid like that buzz of the the rivalry ain't the same so 
sit back relax enjoy this one it has some current vibes it has some podcast and chill vibes but overall it's it's just a vibe man so sit back relax shout out to my guy jay once again give him a follow at that guy jt and enjoy this episode You know, I, I like to throw the term my guy around a lot, but like, yo, you're one of my guys, dude, because from the first time we met, there was just a genuine vibe, and you've just shown mad love throughout the years, and you work with a company that I would love to like do something with one day, and you'll hit me up and be like, yo, you're built for that, or like, yo, look, there's an opening here, and even if it don't work out, Man, that shit means the world to me, bro. It's the truth, brother. You know, if I could help out, I feel like that's another thing, you know, lifting as we climb. Uh, I've learned that pretty young. It's kind of something that's stuck with me. But, you know, helping your people out, whether it's family, friends. You know, it could be someone from high school that I barely knew. But I went to Xavier. Like, you went to Xavier? Cool. It's like those common browns and, and mm-hmm. barriers. They break things. So, like, yeah. we were just talking about it before we just came on. Three years ago, we met. Yeah, we're man. Still in touch. Still shooting the shit. Still, you know. <laughs> Like, I know you forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During the World Cup. Do me a favor. Just some uh, adjust that mic. Bring that a little yeah, closer. Sure. The, the whole thing moves. Like, this shit is pretty. So, okay. just as long as we have it, like, you're about to eat. Listen, man. Let me just talk about this little setup you got here. Yeah, nothing. Phenomenal. nothing. Phenomenal. I love it. I <laughs> yo, love it. Yo, look. It, it's very easy to, like, pull my heartstrings, compliment the show, and compliment the studio. I'm just like, yo, bro, what do you want? <laughs> this is it. And you keep adding to it. Like, I pay attention when you're posting, you know? I... I most people do and this is legit like being here is different yeah Love man it. it's a different vibe you know and i was telling you before we started recording because you're you're looking uh to, to move out soon we're both about to turn 30 well me and me in a couple of days at the time that they hear this you in a couple months and uh i like to say that i'm in a two-bedroom and my show is my roommate hey that's you're doing it right because i know that the show you know it, it covers a good amount of the rent so it's like all right you know you don't got to worry about your roommate coming up with the rent, which is cool, but I needed this, man. I needed this place to like get creative and to just just a different vibe and energy. You know, energy is a big word that a lot of people been throwing around for the last couple of months, and I feel like the last year it's been like, oh, your vibe and your energy is different, or you know, I don't really fuck with that energy from that person, mm-hmm. and it's just a uh, my conclusion on that word is. I don't feel like you could define it with words. It's just something that it's a feeling. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, you're right. A lot of people use vibe and, you know, it's kind of getting played out. Essentially, you got to pick and choose where you, you know, say it nowadays, I think. Um, And that's me personally working in social media. We could jump into that later. But it's just like, you got to have that tone and that voice that everyone's going to feel like, all right, this is my guy, like you mentioned before. So it's just like, and I think people feel that way about your show and your podcast and even coming here. It's like, all right, Nick is my guy. I want to go and see my guy and be on his pod. You know, so that's very, you know, we spoke about it too. Authenticity, authentic. Nick. Yeah, man, I appreciate that, dude. And, you know, you mentioned uh, social media. We, I mean, we should have started recording like an hour ago, but we just, I haven't seen you in a while. It's been a while. Uh, I had you call in for the pod for a last dance episode right. during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, we're coming up on a year almost. Crazy. Where we've been in this. And 
how you how have you navigated through all this bro it's been difficult uh personally i'll say um i want to say i'm thankful to have a job thankful that i'm doing something every day that i enjoy uh you know i'm still in touch with my team every day every week and you know they keep me up and as well as my friends people like you reached out to me recently when you saw like you know i tweeted some recently like i'm feeling defeated or a little mm. tired like Sometimes I'll use my Twitter to vent. Like, it's a diary, you know? Right, sometimes right, right. you'll go back on it a few days. Sometimes you won't. But it's like, it's hard. And it's different for everyone. Everyone copes with it differently. Uh, I've felt Zoom fatigue. I've felt social media fatigue because I work in social media. So if I'm not browsing and doing my own thing, I'm doing stuff Give the work. people a little background on what you do. Yeah, Just sure. to paint the picture. Because I mentioned, like, the company, too, that I'm a big fan of. Right. But just tell the people a little bit what you okay. do. Okay. So I work at Complex Networks. Uh, I'm coming up on six years there, which is pretty wild. Stop. Uh, yes. Whoa. Yeah. Hold, bro, I feel like you started working there like when I first it's met nuts, you. That's right. Um, Holy shit. So here's the thing. When I met you, it was my second stint there. So to be transparent, oh. I joined when Verizon acquired Complex Networks. Okay. It was a joint venture. Verizon I didn't even know first. that till now. So, so that's they bought dope. Complex and Verizon wanted to use Complex as an agency, creative agency. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got hired for one of their you know, products that they had and we oversaw it for like a year and a half a year it didn't do too well it wasn't doing too well anyways um but you know they let the department go but luckily enough i made enough of an impression that you know in the in between time two three months like legit i was collecting unemployment i was working with surge at culture hub Mm -hmm. um you know so like my people kept me up and my people always keep me up um and then when i got the gig it was like second time around at complex i've been here for another three years so it's been like you know three years and three years two different stints Mm -hmm. um but yeah, it's pretty pretty wild. Got there in 2016. I'm still there, you know, and it just speaks to the testament of the company and the people and, you know, what I do. So I do branded content social. Uh, it's pretty much when brands want to attach their name to us or they know that we do good content, whether it's sneaker shopping or hot ones, two of our biggest shows. And, you know, we craft different copy, different assets. And I have control over, like, what these assets look like, how the copy looks, you know, like how short uh, or long the asset is, the format um you know looking at stuff before we sell it to the client to make sure like hey they should live on sneakers they should live on sports mm. i don't think they should live there because it's not going to get engagement or it should live here instead because it's going to it's going to get engagement do you need added value all right we'll give this as a plus so those are different things i'm navigating on on the everyday basis because sometimes well not even sometimes social is always on kind of business i, I know you know that because you're posting constantly yeah, for the show. Yeah, yeah. um and that's bringing back to you know the pandemic that can cause a little bit of fatigue because you know we're all well i won't say we're all there's a lot of people working remotely yeah in the last 12 months i feel like that's been an adjustment um i kind of just set up a desk in the extra room i have where i'm staying and it's like giving me a little bit you know more clarity or it's letting me feel like i'm not living at work because it felt like that for a long time you wake up you log on you stay there all day um sometimes there aren't any boundaries because you know you're in social media or Mm -hmm. we have like california office so you know the hour differentials um so it it could catch up to you uh so like just taking that time for yourself or i've learned to take a step back or like not reply to people on a dime like give yourself that opportunity to you know process it look at it see what you have to do uh prioritize what needs to get done first and it's just been a whirlwind of a year, honestly. Uh, I feel like I'm just getting to like navigating it, and then that's 12 months in, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm glad, you know, even speaking about that and admitting it to you, it's it's not been easy. But it's I guess it's becoming a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, we just don't know when we're getting out of this either. So I feel like better that I know, 
you know, I took a trip to Miami a few months ago and that helped me. I saw some family, still with some family, was there for two months. So like little things like that. Fuck, two months in Miami. Yo, it was, I never thought I'd be able to do that. I've been going to Miami since I was like five years old. Yeah. Always yeah, wanted yeah. to live there. Maybe in the future, you know, thoughts crossed my mind now that I was there for two months. Right. But it, it was, it was a refresher and it was something I needed. Uh, it's something that I'm thinking about doing in the near future. Cause I'm like, all right, if I did it before, I could do it again, working remotely. Um, so I might take a trip soon, but yeah, I feel like everyone has their little thing that helps them keep going in, in the pandemic or like, even when you're struggling personally with whatever it is you're going through. Yeah, man. First of all, that was, uh, that was all beautiful what you just said. And I think shining light on those kind of situations is what I like about the show. Mm -hmm. Um, it helps that we know each other. So there's a level of comfort, but I, I like to portray this show as like, Therapy for homies in a way too. You know what I mean? For like sure. I've had friends come on here and they after we finish recording, they're like, Yo, I've never said that to anyone, but just I forgot that we were recording. Right. I was like, Well, now thousands of people are gonna hear this and but they're gonna appreciate it too because the level of authenticity and just like it's like real shit, man. It's shit that everybody don't worry about it. Just okay. don't spill it, please, because I don't wanna have to clean it up. <laughs> That'll be done soon. So dude, it's it's something that we're gonna be adjusting for for sure. Um, I know one thing that was really, really cool about your job, and I would always hit you up. Like, one week you'd be in L.A., the next week you're in, like, Chicago, Bro. Miami. So that had to be something that was a little deflating for you, too. I feel like that's something that I've realized recently. Like, sometimes I'll have check-ins with, you know, my director or my manager, and we're speaking about, like, workload, how I'm feeling, how I'm coping with it. Um, and I think I expressed that recently where, like, the job was definitely way more different when we're in office and, you know, we can see each other, interact with each other, uh, complex networks. You know, you might get Gucci man in the office one day and then Lil Yachty the next. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Lindor might pop in at the end of the week because it's like, so that made it fun too. So like when you're at home, you never know day, who you were going to see. Yeah, yeah. So like transitioning to like not doing that and then speaking to, you know, like I mentioned my director, and my manager, I'm just like, yo, it's just been a whirlwind because when I was in the office, there was opportunities to, you know, one time I went to Chicago and I shot something uh, with Trinidad James and Finish Line. You had went to the Super Bowl, didn't you also? Or like you were in town? Yes. So last year, about a year ago, I was in town in Miami for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm such an idiot, son. I was there two <laughs> weeks before. And then my, my guy, Kevin, shout, shouts to Kevin Jones from Blue Wire, he's the CEO. He uh, DM'd me and he's like, yo, why are you in Miami this weekend? I told him, I was like, yo, it's for a basketball party. He's like, why don't you come back for the Super Bowl? We can get you credentials and hook you up. I'm like, fuck you, man. man. Like, with the utmost respect. Like, I wish I would have known this. Not that, not that I wouldn't have went to the basketball party because one of my best friends who was getting married. But I was just like, yo, dude, like, if I would have known that you got the juice like that, then maybe I save a little bit more money and, you know, don't go to 11. <laughs> and, you know, I know you love 11. Oh, it's a great, you know, great place. Let's not get too wild. But I, uh, the weekend that I went, I had bet on the Chiefs to win the AFC from mm -hmm. the summer. Okay. So when that cashed, and I bet them that weekend, like I had a really good playoff run. So, I, so I'm in, I'm in Miami, and then the money goes into my DraftKings account, and I was just like, <laughs> yo, it's our last night in Miami. All right, let's get a little crazy. So I got a little crazy there. Basically, all the money that I won from the Chiefs was paying someone's uh, rent for that month. But then Kevin hit me up and he was like, yo, man, like I'm going to be down there too. Some people, I was like, motherfucker, man. Why did you man. tell me this? It's... But I mean, I, I love going to South Beach. How could you not? Just the weather all year round. and it's just lovely. It's just different, man. So I feel like with you and a lot of people too, because I, I felt the same way where 
I'm eating, sleeping, shitting, working out, recording my podcast. I'm doing all that shit at my parents' crib. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of Zoom calls, right? Doing all the podcasts from Zoom. And then it just got to a point where I'm like, yo, I don't want to do this shit no more. Just because, like, I'm doing everything here. I picked up running. I was always a runner. Like, today I ran also. I try to get, like, 20 to 30 miles a weekend is, like, my goal one way or another. Like, there's some days where, like, I'll just bang out, like, an 11-mile run. And then there's others where, like, I'll run, like, around the block. I'm like, nah, we're not doing this today. Just get your ass I want to say I respect the shit out of that because I used to run track and field and I hated it. Yeah. But I was good at it. I was a sprinter. So it's just, like, practices suck because I'm, like, not practicing sprinting. It's just, like, make you do a lot of distance. Yeah. Uh, but it helps you. Like, I didn't realize it helped you. For sure, was, like, man. Yeah. Senior, and- junior year. But it's, like... Biking is my shit. You know that. Yeah, obviously. yeah, yeah. But it's like, you know, finding those things, like you mentioned, is important during a pandemic or like when you're not, when you're feeling out of it, you know? And that's why I'm glad it's about to get warm. Like, you know, sun's been out at five, six well, dude, o'clock these days. I think, I think this summer is going to be a zoo. Oof. I think people are going to be like, because, yo, if you remember last year, right, the pandemic hits around March. So mm-hmm. like we've been saying, it's been around about a year. And then... I was just saying, like, to be funny, like, yo, they've just been two, three week in us for, like, a year now. Like, ah, two, three weeks, you know, we'll get yeah. this, we'll get that. Mm-hmm. And then all of last summer, people felt, and this is how I felt, too, like, all right, man, look, we might sacrifice this summer, and then come September, October, everything will be back to normal, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, November or whatever. And then before you know it, it's like, yo, we're a full year. Dude, I think this summer is going to be a zoo. I think people are going to be like, I agree. I think restaurants are fed up. Like, yeah. yo, man, we got to survive and shit. Like, I have a coffee truck in the city. Mm-hmm. My business is down 70%. And Damn. I have the luxury of not having to pay rent for a location. I pay rent for the garage where the cart is at. Mm-hmm. But all the all my customers are office people, nine to fivers in the, in the four buildings that I'm at. Right. And no one's in the offices. And everyone's telling me that, yo, we don't know when we're going to come back because, like you, we've been working for a year yep. and we still have our job. So why even leave my crib? I've set up an office. I've been, I, I've moved out into a bigger apartment or a bigger crib so I can have an actual office space. So for as much as people hate work, it's also an escape for you, too, especially with what you were doing, where you could always be like, yo, in three weeks, we're going to go to Chicago. Mm-hmm. In a month, I'm going to be in Miami. I'm going to be in L.A. for a complex con, right? Is that yeah, what it's yeah, called? Yeah, complex con. So it's like, yo, I'm up at all these places. So, yeah, sometimes work sucks and it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but it's also an escape from you. Like, wouldn't you like to be in the office now after not being in it for a year? I've said it to so many people, and I've mentioned it even earlier. Since there's times that you feel like you're living at work, and I know I'm not alone there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, setting up an extra desk or a little office space where you could disconnect or, like, all right, I'm going to get my shit done in this room, and then, you know, my room doesn't have to be the office anymore, you know? So, like, I'm lucky enough where I had an extra room that was storage, moved some stuff around, put some floors down, hung a TV up, like... I put some time and effort into Mm -hmm. it, kind of like you've done with this little studio, like, you know, just putting you into it and then making sure you're comfortable, you have your space to do your work and your craft. And it's pretty important for like creators like you and myself, like you need to have that space where you can zone out, you can be up till late in the night, early in the morning, Uh, you might not go to sleep, but it's just like you got your space. Um, So I think it's pretty beneficial to to do that and to be able to lock in uh, on your own. Can you put a price on that? On that luxury? I don't think you can, yo. Uh, That's what I've come to realize. I wouldn't be able to put a figure. I, I figure someone might be able to put a you know financial figure to it. Uh, but personally, like knowing that I've mentioned, like 
I'm getting used to being in a pandemic or I know what works for me and, and what doesn't. Um, you know, like, and like you mentioned, like sometimes you're like, well, I just hate doing this shit or I don't want to do this shit anymore. Um, and it's funny cause I brought it up to a homie recently. I'm just like, yo, all I've been doing is like work. Then when I log off, I'll play some video games or I'll go on a bike ride, camp bike ride now. Cause it's pretty brick in New York city. Um, yo, you know, I had a COVID scare because oof. I'm an idiot. Oh no. Bro, I was running because I've been running, right? Yeah. I ran, I did like a seven mile run, and then I walked for a mile. Mm -hmm. It's 12 degrees out. Oh, damn. So I come home, I take a shower, take a nap, wake up, wild cough, chest pain and everything. And nowadays you have a cough, no fever. Yeah. You have a cough, you're like, fuck, I got the vid. Listen, man. So plenty of times I'm like, damn, scratchy throw, like, nah, nah, you know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm saying to myself, like, I'm, I'm super congested too. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's because I'm a moron and I just, I ran for seven miles. Then I walked in 12 degree weather. I'm all sweaty and shit. Yep, yep. It's like the worst thing to do. I mean, it's even bad when, you know, if you, if you go working out or I know there's sometimes where like I'll play football on Sundays during the summertime. It's like 90 degrees out. You're all sweaty. We get in the car. You shouldn't put the AC on. Nope. You should open the windows. Yep. Right. Cause then you can catch a cold like that. So I called my mom. I was like, I was like, yo, because I'm coughing like on the phone. She's like, what the fuck is that? What is going on? My mom with you? says that to me too. Like, yo, you coughing? <laughs> like, what you? What's She's like, what's good with that cough? What are you doing? I was like, yo, I went on the run. She's like, well, number one, you're an idiot. I could have told you that was gonna happen. And number two, she's like, you should go, you know, go get uh, Mucinex and all that shit. So I get that. I take that for a week. Cough's not going away. I'm like, what the fuck? So then I go and I get tested, and you know, it was negative. And then two days after that, I'm like, fine again. You see, sometimes it's mental too. You're just yeah, like, man. all right, like I know I'm good now. And then your body's like, all right, you're good. Like, you know? So I, I feel that. There's been plenty of times where I've been tested, I'm going to say at least seven, eight times now. Because when I was in Miami, I did it regularly because I see my grandparents out there. They're a little older. Right, right. Um, when I was over here, it was like I came back for the holidays. So I was like making sure I get tested because a lot of family, grandparents as well. Um, so it's like being extra careful wearing the mask and, and, you know, making sure you get tested if you're going to be in spaces where, you know, you could give it to someone else, not being selfish. Um, so it's just like, even that's been a process too, which has been, it's, it's cool to see how different people do it, different places do it. Like Miami, it, they had it really seamlessly. New York has been pretty terrible. Um, I'm hoping it got better because... I've been isolated, so I don't really get tested recently. But, like, during the holidays, I was getting tested because, you know, I was seeing family members and they might have been traveling or, you know, doing their own craft, working. Um, you know, my aunt's a nurse, so she's, like, exposed mm -hmm. to sometimes, too. But it's just, like, if you feel like you need to get tested or you feel a certain way, you know, go do it. Why not? It's more likely than that. You could just knock it out and then you feel better about yourself. Like, like you mentioned, can you put a price on that when you see that negative result? No. You feel amazing. You're just like, wow, I'm good. And I'm good for now. You don't know what's going to happen in the near future. Mm -hmm. But, you know, making sure you're good so that everyone around you is good is also important. Yeah, man. Even me. I, I didn't get tested until I had that COVID scare. I think it was like it was before Martin Luther King weekend. Okay. Because I remember I was having a lot of people coming in after that weekend. And I'm like, man, I really I should get tested because mm -hmm. the last thing I want to do is to give it to someone else. Right? right. Like you said, like you have all your family members you're seeing and shit. So you do it. You do it for if if you're not an asshole, you just do it because you care about other people, right? Exactly. Which is ultimately what it should be about. I mean, that's how just just how I approach it, and it uh it got to a point where since then I've gotten tested I think four times now just because like yo I have two to three people coming in every week for shows, and then I also have like I went to the bar for the first time on Saturday, bro, in a year. 
Wow. Got fucking twisted. <laughs> I was like, dude, I haven't been out in so and it happened by accident because I had my, my buddies Josh and Ahmed came over. We recorded a pod. And that's gonna be on next week. If you guys go to Patreon, cheap plug, you could hear that now. I've seen some of those clips. It looks pretty. Fun. Yeah, I'm man. It's, it, dude, when I have like people, I, I say this all the time, man, because I've been messing around with Clubhouse and this new app, Locker Room, and people talk about like building a podcast and whatnot. And, and I can't express it enough, dude. Like, we haven't even really gotten into what we were gonna talk about, right? Like, I have, I have over here just a list of bullet points. So if we do have some structure. I like right, to call right. it controlled chaos. But, like, when I have my friends on and there's a connection and there's, again, a vibe to it, those are my favorite, dude. Right. I just press record and we just, like, shoot the shit. So we were drinking on the show and then after, it's, like, 4 o'clock and my buddy Josh is, like, yo, I'm going to go to the bar with, with, with my girl and some of her friends. You guys want to come? We're, like, yeah, let's let's go, <laughs> man. Like, I haven't been out. I didn't even know that it was possible and shit, you know, because yeah. they had, like, the restrictions and now it's, like, 25% capacity in New York. And then we went. I was just, like, yo, this is open like the bartender the, the bar there they gave us like free shots because you know they also are like happy that you know, there are people, people there yeah. right and then i was like damn yo and then before you know it's like nine o'clock and i'm hammered you know because i've been drinking since like two o'clock and i was right. like yo we haven't had a day like this in so long you know no phones at one point my, wow. my buddy ahmed was like yo i haven't looked at my phone in like three hours i was like yeah bro that's how it should be like yep. that's if, when you know you're having a good time yeah and if 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 you're not on your phone if you were to be on your phone right now, you'd probably be texting us, right? So probably. why why be on your phone there, man? Just mm -hmm. live in the moment. For sure. No, I totally agree with that. I know we even before we locked in, we just like, yo, trying to limit screen time. You know, sometimes it's difficult because like we mentioned, we're creatives. We always want to be on top of trends, breaking news, posting, uh, you know, different things like that. So that could be difficult not being on your phone. But when I'm not on my phone, I do feel relieved, you know, like more times than not, I, when I'm charging my phone, I'll leave it till it's 100%. So I'm just like, all right, let it rock, Joe. It's going to be there. You can get back to whoever you need to in ample time because nowadays the phones charge pretty fast, especially if you're not, you know, playing music off of mm. it or like leave it. Some people leave it plugged in and then they're just typing away at it. It's kind of counterproductive because you're taking energy away while it's charging. So I've learned to like just when I'm letting it charge, just let it rock, zone out, put the Nick game on, throw a podcast on, you know, clean the crib. That's been a little therapeutic for me too. I'll mention that. Like cleaning the crib has been very like when I'm done, it's clean and I feel good. I feel accomplished. I did something. Check it off. Might have been something that moms or grandma instilled in me because, you know, it was always a little, yo, we cleaning this weekend. I'm like, ah, damn. But, you know, now I'm doing it and it makes me feel good. So it's just like, like I mentioned, everyone finds that little niche and it helps them out. Dude, you, t you mentioned social media and like what you do and like what I'm doing. Um, I wasn't always like this, but ever since my, my buddy passed away, when I see, because you mentioned before about um, social media being therapy and sometimes you use it to vent. Mm -hmm. Man, ever since he passed away, I started doing like investigative work on some of his tweets. Mm -hmm. So when I see some, some funky shit, I got to reach out. Right. And I reached out to you. For sure. Just because... Man, you know, like sometimes people just need that little interaction. And it's weird because like with me, like 2018 was a really rough year for me, man. Like a really rough year. And that was around the time when I met you too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I was going through some shit shit and people were doing that for me. Like, yo, man, I hope you're all right. You know, mm -hmm. like that was kind of funky. And you were figuring it out. Like, it's, yeah. it's cool to, like, be here now speaking on it, like, in the space that you're in three years later. But, like, I recall you were, like, 
you were finding your way, you know, like, yeah. and you were in the mix, but like you were not, I, I was guess, being pulled as committed, in, you know, like I was being were, pulled in so many different directions by so many different people and so many different unknowns where it just got to a point where I've been talking about this a lot more now because things are happening. And, you know, when you get to a certain level and there's a sort of, uh, an acceptance from your peers and some of the people that you affiliate with and you work right. with. You come from a different place and a different space. Mm -hmm. So when people tell you like, yo, find something you love and like you won't work a day of your life and shit like that. Like at first you're like, all right, man, whatever. That's some shit you read in, on like a quote page on Instagram. Yeah. But then when you experience it, it comes from a different level. Yep. Right. And when my, I mean, dude, I know it's so recent because it's coming up on uh, three months since my buddy Sergio passed away. But that dude meant a lot to me. And that changed my whole outlook on life. Like I, I'm, I'm working on this sports betting documentary that I'm like super featured in, and now I had like a press release where I did a Zoom call, and they asked me that like cliche question, like, "Yo, where do you see yourself in ten years, or what do you, what do you hope to be in ten years?" Okay. And I kind of just drank water, bro, and I was just like, "Here," meaning like just around, you know what I mean? Because right. like, bro, you just never know. So when I reached out to you. Not saying that I don't want to paint the picture that you yeah. were there. I'm just saying how I operate now. Like, if I have your number, that means I know you. Of course. So, like, I'm hitting you up right away. No, and I appreciate that, honestly. Like, you were one of a few people to be like, yo, you good? JT, what's going on? Um, even on some just, like, let's chat for a few, you mm -hmm. know? And it was like, and that was even before you had any invited me to the show. You invited me to the show, like, maybe a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, you probably hit me up in January. We're in March now. And that's when I was feeling, like, a little fatigued and, you know, like tired of you know just everything uh, you know i got let me give this example to you i got a ps5 it's mm -hmm. really hard to hit on those um there's days that i don't want to play it you know like what does that really mean that means like you know i'm in a funk or i'm not doing good i could be depressed or like i'm just not there you know and it's totally fine like it's good to talk about and it's good to let other people know that you're going through that so they could check in on you mm -hmm. or you know they could just make sure that you're doing all right so like little things like that always appreciate it and it's it's crazy sometimes your closest friends won't do that they'll find other ways to pick you up um and then maybe they'll feel like they don't want to do that because it's just like all right let me not intrude um but well i have i hate to cut you off i have a hey. friend of mine that has openly told me like bro don't come with me with your problems he's like i got enough shit i gotta deal with if you want to hit me up to go grab a beer and we could talk about like the titans packers game like let's do that but he's like he's like yo i just don't want to and i i respect yeah. that because not everyone's to... equipped for that exactly yeah for sure yeah so it's just like it, it goes a long way when you know like like i mentioned we know each other for three years but you hit me up like mm -hmm. we went to high school together or you were my roommate at syracuse you know so it's like appreciate things like that and you always appreciate friends like that because those are the ones that'll be around forever and it's what i haven't seen you in three years and it feels like we got a drink like maybe two months ago or i saw you over the summer while i was riding bike mm -hmm. and we got to chill but it's just natural chemistry that's that's how it always is with close friends or like the real ones let's say yeah man you know i just i uh i take pride in things that people take for granted mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah. and you know I mean, I've mentioned you at nauseum before how like maybe not your name in particular, but I'm like, yo, I got a friend of mine that will just hit me up with like a link from LinkedIn and be like, yo, apply for this shit, man. I think you might be good for this. Mm -hmm. And even like I'm a big because I feel as if it I makes don't... you feel great. Someone's thinking about you. They're considering you like. Right, right. And when when it's with this stuff, you know, you wanted to ask me a little bit about what I meant with this, but it was like. I feel as if sometimes. 
I don't deserve some of the chances of the things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still keeping it under wraps. Not many people know about this. I told you a little bit about this, but it's like, I kind of had a breakdown, bro, a couple of weeks ago because I was just like, fuck, yo, just the idea of this happening. It's like everything that I wanted to happen. And like now it's happening. Mm-hmm. And I always knew that it was going to happen. I just didn't know when. Right. right? Like, mm-hmm. it was always one of those things where, like, I know I have, like, a ridiculous amount of perseverance. Because I've been through so much shit that I'm like, yo, bro, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm going to be all right. Like, I'm going to figure it out. I thrive in chaos. Uh, it's it's the hustler DNA. Like, my pop says, I've never been on a family vacation with my parents. Besides, like, going to Super Bowls, and we'll take off that Monday. Mm-hmm. And it became a thing because the NFL offices used to be at my coffee truck. So I would get Super Bowl tickets. Right, really so close. everybody, all my customers knew, like, oh, Tony, my pop's name, Tony's not going to be in on Monday. So, like, my only family vacations were to, like, Jacksonville and Indianapolis, which is, like, I would never go to those cities if it wasn't for this venue, you know? Yeah, fair. So, like, the no days off thing, the hustler thing. Like I work with a cash business and it's like, yo, you're self-employed. It is literally, you don't work. You don't eat. Respect. February was hard, bro. I missed like seven days of work and my business is already shot. You know what I mean? But it's like snow. It's like the garage closes. People don't come in. Oh, and it's like, you know, you, you just, it is what it is. Sometimes you get dealt a hand that you can't control, mm-hmm. but you got to just like, you got to have a strong belief in all the shit that you're doing. And that eventually it's just going to work, man. I really think, like, I've been watching a lot of inspirational videos, motivational videos, and I like hearing people that I'm a fan of, like, the storytelling to them. And, uh, I mean, he's up on the wall, bro. Nipsey Hussle. He's, I mean, yo, there's not a day that I don't listen to the Victory Lap album. Like, at least one song. Like, literally. And and I'm not going to front. I knew who he was prior to him passing away. Mm -hmm. And I've told this story so many times. I went to Wale Mania. In, in Jersey. I went with Robbie. Hey, Robbie Gordon. Robbie shout Fingers, out to man. Robbie shout out to him, kid. man. The people's mark. So I went over there and he knew some of the guys that like put it together and I met them too. But we went and now it was maybe three, four days before Nipsey Hustle, uh, after Nipsey Hustle passed away. And uh, real life Kaz, Kazim, right. grabs the mic. Him and Emilio Sparks were up there. They put the whole event together and they're just like, man, we were about to cancel this whole shit because Nipsey Hustle died. And they were showing like they did like a whole memoir thing and a tribute to him and like Kaz interviewed him, Sparks interviewed him, and like I didn't really I just knew him from hip hop you know like I think Racks in the Middle was the only song I knew about him. Okay, and then they played last time that I checked, and bro there had to be like two hundred people in there and it was a mosh pit, bottles going everywhere like people lost their mind and I was just like first of all I love YG also <laughs> like YG's my guy. So when he's on the the song too, and that shit just like bumped, and I was like, "Yo, what the? Who who is this, bro?" Right. And from there, yeah, I've been a stan ever since. Like, it, you can't send me an interview that he's done that I haven't seen. I'm listening to old mixtapes too. You learn a lot of game from his music, from his interviews. His message. Like, it's timeless. He's timeless. I think it's since his passing, it's he's proved that he's timeless. Um, you know, and I I was a fan of his as well. Maybe. You know, I got into him probably like a year, maybe two years before he passed. Mm-hmm. So I was li- catching up to mixtapes and, you know, making sure I knew about Nip. And I think, I'm going to say Surge put me on. Shout out to Surge. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, when I was in that tough spot where I mentioned that I was unemployed, collecting unemployment checks, you know, freelancing with Surge, like trying to figure out my way, we was bumping Victory Lab every day at that office. We were, you know, when we left the office and we were still chilling, 
victory lap. Yeah. Bike rides, victory lap. You know, so it's just like he he's timeless and he's proven that and you know. And he talks him. he he talks a lot about perseverance. He's like, yo, I really think that the key to being successful in whatever field you want to do is just not giving up. Yeah. And it's so true. It's true. Like with anything, bro. He was he was super ambitious. Like the one thing that sticks with me is when he dropped that that mixtape and he like overpriced it and everyone was like, "Yo, you're bugging, fam." And it's something that set him apart and it, and it made him blew up. Yeah, so it was just like you could just tell from a younger age, like the way he spoke and the way he carried himself. Like he was still that that kid from Crenshaw, you know, the LA dude. But at the same time, he was doing his thing. Like he was setting himself up. To, to be the man and it's crazy that he reached that pinnacle and he had so much left mm-hmm. uh, and you know like we mentioned it's a, a theme that we've been speaking about you just never know one day to the next yeah man you know I just watched uh, did you watch that Biggie documentary on Netflix I didn't yet? I didn't yo it's fantastic dude okay. look another one that's on the wall like everyone that's on the wall bro like when you see it you come in here it's just like alright it's some shit that represents Nick like I love Money Heist. That's my new favorite show. If you've never watched that on Netflix, you also. talk about it a lot, bro. That shit. I mean, first of all, Tokyo, the chick that's over there, you can't see it. I gotta move that because I'm doing her a disservice that you can't see okay, her. Okay. Okay. Great girl, Mount Rushmore. But I mean, Stone Cold. This quote, which is weird, because like I'm not into politics, but it's a president that made that quote. Right. I was gonna ask you about that. I was like, really, Teddy was <laughs> But yo, you it's, know? You know, I didn't read the whole thing yet. But I'm. But, but it's long I know story. What means, yeah, yeah, the the man in the arena, right? Like everybody's a critic from the outside, and it's a lot of things that like fighters talk about. Mm-hmm. Like you know, a fighter gets knocked out, and they're like, "Yo, you got knocked out, bro. Fuck you." And it's like, man, everybody could talk from the outside, but when you when you come into something that you're doing, it's like now you're in my arena, bro, and like now you're in my field, and. I, I tell this story all the time about how I had that doctor on to talk about suicide and mental health, Harvard graduate or Harvard med school. Like I was intimidated, bro. Like I was like, what? right. Why is she talking to me? Like, you know, imposter syndrome. Like, yo, I'm not on that level with her. And then, you know, I told, I told my guys on the VM team who helped with the graphics and shit, my buddy Alex and even my friend Dom, who's my editor. He's just like, yo, you got to understand that she's coming into your arena now. Mm-hmm. I was like, where? He's wow, like, that's a great way to put it. And he's like, bro, he's like, fuck. He's like, look up, bro. Like, look up to that quote, right? Like, you have it up there for a reason. And yeah. then it kind of just like mellowed me out. I was like, all right, when we press record, like now you're in my cage right. now, yep. you know? And it's just something where, you know, you look around and it's like, that's why Nipsey's up there. That's why Biggie, I got that thing there too. You know, it's just- Love it, man. It's a it's bunch like, of things. It's personal. And yeah. I know you'll keep adding to it too. So like eventually when I keep pulling up and even not even for a pod, just to pull up and chill. Yeah, you know? man. Hopefully yeah. Hopefully we could do that more and more as people get vaccinated, people feel a little bit better about shit. I want to say shout out to the motherfucking goat. That, yeah. Utexo this is- Utexo Snake, 316, Austin. You're a god. Yeah. That, Wait, that's, yo, he, he responded to your tweet, no? Yeah. Yeah. Dad, you must have been tough. Oh, dude. Bro. I was like overstimulated when I saw that shit, man. Bro, he did a hot ones and I didn't get to catch him. But like he was in the building and I felt his presence. They're just like, yo, someone cold's here. And I'm just like, what? Like, you know, like like I mentioned, anyone could pull up to the office because, you know, we cover pop culture, sports, music. Man, that's the one, that's the one dude I think I would fanboy out if I ever met. Yo. Like you know, real. he's my. I think he's my favorite non-family member friend of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because like there's been times where I've had to interview people. Like I've had the the pleasure of interviewing Sean White. Zion Yo, Williams I'm glad and, you brought that up because I was um, gonna ask you like, uh, has there been anyone that you've interviewed that you're like, Yo, son, what the fuck? Yo, it's. I think uh, Sean White, which is probably my best interview so far. Like personally, mm-hmm. um, it was huge to me because. I got into skating, say, like, eight years old. 
Um, it was X Games on every summer. Bro, my, I used to love that. Me X and my Games, cousins man. would watch. So it's just like Bob Burnquist, Burnquist, Tony Hawk, Bucky Lassick. Ryan Nyquist was the fucking. The, yep. Yeah. Bro, so I it's like that, that became a thing. Then I started playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I'm just you like, had to. yo, I'm I'm like into this, you know. And it even it molded who I am today because I cop Tony Hawk the remake. I played that. Still follow Tony. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. love skateboarding. Love the culture. Uh, I think it's part of. You know, everyday pop culture. How good are his tweets when they're like, yo, so you look great. like Tony Hawk? And he's yo. like, yeah, man, I get that a lot. <laughs> Dude, I was pissed that he, I think it, it, it might have went viral recently, but he pulled up on someone. He was like, yo, do a trick. And they knew it was Tony. And they were like, nonchalant. Boom, boom. If Tony tells me to like, yo, throw the peace sign, I'll be like, yo, you want me to throw it too? <laughs> like, can you throw it up with me? Like, you know, because Tony Hawk is Tony Hawk. Right, right, right. Um, But yeah, man, it's just like I got into skating really young it's it stuck with me and then uh lo and behold i go to outside lands in san francisco f during my first go around at complex and they're like yo we need someone to interview uh you know flying tomato i'm just like whoa for real like could i do it and they were like sure um we were supposed to talk for like 20 30 minutes we spoke for an hour so it's just like he lives in my neighborhood. I've never seen him, but you know he's a he's a West Coast dude. Um, but that was probably my favorite one. Um, and getting back to my main point, it's like you meet these people that you've always followed, and it's like they're people, you know, like they're celebrity, but they're also people. So once you take a step back, and it's something that I've learned to do when I speak to like like I mentioned Zion Williamson was probably another one that was really Fire. stoked for. You know, I'm just like, oh damn, like I'm about to meet Zion. You know, he dapped me up. He complimented my Jordans because he's, he's Team Jordan. So he right, 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 right away. He's like, oh, you got some threes on. I you know, so it's just like that broke the ice. And I'm just like, you know, and gave him good questions, made him laugh. So like when you come correct, you come prepared and you check yourself like these are regular people. If you treat them like regular people and you show love, they're going to show it back more likely than not. So I think that's, that's something for like everyone to to think about when they meet that person that they want so it's just like these are these are normal people too they might have more status money um you know problems than you but at the same time if you connect with them make that connection it's going to be easier to to do your job and to get the most out of them because you know if you come a half-assed question sometimes they might not even respond to you or they'll give you the yeses and the nos and that's something you learn as you keep interviewing people i'm sure you know because this is what you do um but yeah once you take a step back and you're like all right, this is Zion Williamson or this is Sean White, but he's also just a kid that grew up, followed his dreams, and he met his dreams. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like we're still on the path to follow our dreams and stuff. But I think that's the biggest takeaway is like when you're speaking to someone that you might fanboy over is you could do it probably for like that one person like you mentioned. I, I don't know who, who's on my list that I would like absolutely fanboy because I think I've, I've made myself like, you know, if I ever had to jump into that space again, it's like, yo, just make sure you're what's, doing your thing yeah, first what's, and then. What's weird is I went to uh, SummerSlam in 2018, and I uh, I know some people that know Ronda Rousey really well. Fire. So I got to meet her. I got to go to, like, the hotel where all the wrestlers were at and shit. And Sick. It's like, yo, just walking in the lobby, and it's like Roman Reigns. Like, I took the elevator with Roman Reigns, oh you know? And it's just like uh, Christian from Edge and Christian was there wow. just, like, chilling at the bar with Pat McAfee drinking beers and shit. and. I'm having a conversation with McAfee because, like, I was a kicker in, in college. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we're like, we just randomly were just talking. And um, I've noticed, man, from interactions that I've had with people that if you just treat them like they're regular, mm -hmm. they appreciate that way more. Of course. And I had a very similar situation with my Jordans with Shane McMahon. 
Wow. He just like, well, because he's a big sneakerhead. I think okay. he's done something with Complex too, where he's been on he there. And he just walked by and I had, uh, I had, um, I had 12s on. He just walks by. He goes, got those from Flight Club. I was like, yeah. He goes, they've taken a lot of my money. I was like, my, <laughs> mine too. But I was like, it must be nice that you're a fucking billionaire. Yep. You don't got to worry about that. Yo. He's like, yeah, it has some perks. He's like, I hope you enjoyed the show. And I was like, what the fuck? And then Amazing. Triple H walks by and I'm like, oh so I knew like when I was in that setting and I met like Ronda Rousey too. And she was like such a sweetheart. She was like really dope. And when I met him, I was just like, yo, if I could control myself here, I was like, I'll be all right around anybody. Cause like, yo, I watched Triple H since I was like seven, you know what I mean? And then, yeah. but then I was telling to, to my boy, Mike, Lazy the Savage. I was like, I was like, yo, if I ever meet Stone Cold, I'm going to embarrass myself. <laughs> I'll be like, yo, bro, you're the man. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he, he would accept that though. He like, he know obviously he knows how to handle that too, but like, you'll check yourself too. You just be like initially and then you'll be like, all right, boom. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, get it out the way maybe initially and then get back into character. Like, cause I feel like that happened to me too. Like right before I, I spoke with Sean, I'm just like, damn, the flying tomato. I'm going to be sitting next to this dude. And it's like, I'm watching this kid for like 10, 15 years compete. Um, and it's nuts sometimes, you know, like, I guess I kind of had imposter syndrome too. In some of those instances, I'm like, damn, I'm really lucky to be doing this. Do I deserve it? Um, but then you, like I mentioned, take a step back, you check yourself and then you get right into it. Yeah, bro. It's all, it's all like trial and error. Eventually you just get so comfortable with it and like, oh, also you're doing your job too. Right. And then it just becomes something so kind of just regular to you as well. Yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit about the Mets. And this, this is going to surprise some people because, like, everyone knows, like, I don't really talk about baseball much. I do like talking about sort of general conversations about baseball because I think baseball is a very, very unique sport for many reasons. There's always a conversation about, like, yo, is baseball dying? Do millennials like it? This and that. Me, personally, when the Mets are good, I'm all in and I'll watch the Mets. Like Queens kid. Yeah, you got to, man. You got to. Like eight minutes from my old neighborhood was you know, Shea Stadium and City Field. So for me, when the Mets are, when I expect the Mets to be good and I look at like the Vegas win totals and they're like, yo, 91 and a half games, they have, I have like the third best record in the NL. You're like, oh, okay. Listen. Okay. We're one of the favorites to win the National League. Like, I'm in, you know? And then, of course, they get Lindor. They got the Grom, which, yo, tell me not, bro. When they paid the Grom and then Garrett Cole got the contract with the Yankees, like, we fleece the Grom because if it's you were to pay, discount. Yeah. yo, such a discount, right? Like if you were to pay the Grom after that, you're looking at like way more money than what yeah. Cole got. And I hope he gets paid handsomely when he when he's due, and I hope we extend them before he could ever even consider. And I hope they pay him handsomely. Like, do what you got to do to keep that guy. He's, he spoke recently about being the long term Met, being around when David David Wright was around, and when he got his farewell tour, he's just like, yo, like that doesn't happen really often. Seeing David Wright do that was pretty cool. Um, you know he. I hate saying he got fleeced, but he kind of did. But at the same time, it was up to him and his representation. Right. Uh, I speak. I speak about this topic a lot to my friends, and I speak about market value. Is Ooh, it's I always it. changing. Uh, yeah, bro. The, you see it with the quarterbacks all the time. And let's talk about Trevor Bauer. He's earning forty million this year. You know, taxes included, it might get cut in half. Yeah, whatever. Whatnot. But so it's a forty. He, he signed a forty million dollar deal. Um, and the Mets were ready to give him that too. And I think they're ready to give him that because they missed out on like the Springer mm-hmm. and then they didn't even offer Real Muto. I think he was just holding out and they're like, the, the numbers behind that are just like, they went with McCann because if they do that, then they could trade for Lindor and extend him in Conforto. 
Um, so I was like, I'm all for it. I'd, I'd rather that route anyways. Uh, and it's cool that they were in on all these free agents. I'm not used to that. This is, this is <laughs> yeah, unfamiliar. Man. This is very unfamiliar territory. That's another thing that drew me back in. Like this owner is talking about the new jersey, bringing back the jerseys that he liked. Yep. He's basically what a fan would be like. Exactly. I've always wanted a Mark Cuban to own the team. Yo, he's, and he's basically that dude. He's that. Uh, fun fact, I, I'm, I don't think anyone knows this. But, well, I'm not going to say anyone. A lot of people don't know this. But Mark Cuban tried to get into owning uh, Bro, I've talked about this. Yeah. But the owners didn't want him in because they, they played knew. him. Because he said, he said that I would love to own a baseball team because I don't got no salary cap. Yep. And he just wants to win. Yeah. So if he could just blow money crazy. Yep. And they kept him out. Yeah. I've, told, I've, I've read that I think it was before. the Pirates, too. So, like, think about that if you're a Pirates fan or a Pittsburgh dude. Like, they suck. They're one of the worst teams. Um, and I speak about that. Just I love baseball. It's probably my favorite sport because I played it growing up. Uh, I love the Mets. And I think basketball and baseball are like 1A and 1B to me. Mm-hmm. Um, more so baseball, but just, I'm just so into it. Uh, even when you mentioned initially, like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people are into baseball. It's boring, but it's unique, uh, you know? So it's like, it's a different sport. You really have to be into it to like sit through a three or four hour game where you might not get any runs, but I love pitching personally. So right. I will watch every pitch and every inning and, you know, see how DeGrom got out of that. How did Stroman you know, change the way he pitches or, you know, Thor's coming back, looking forward to see if he can continue learning how to pitch because he was on the cusp of becoming a thrower to a pitcher. I feel like mm. a, a lot of people don't realize I that. I love with, that. With yeah. pitchers. Like you become a pitcher over time with experience um, and sometimes you're just a thrower, um, you know? So it's just like a lot of things to be excited about with this Mets team. And, and I know before I came on, I was just like, yo, we got to talk Mets if I come on because I want to talk about this team and I want to see how you feel. Um, you know, and I always fight with people when they say baseball is boring. I'm just like to you, you know, like, well, everyone got their own thing that they're into. Exactly. My, my biggest issue with baseball is I think there's a lot of games. So many. Um, I feel as if I've seen it so many times where up until the all-star break, just be 500, right? Like that's what I thought when I'm following the Mets, I'm like, all right, are they 500? Maybe one or two games below 500 or around there. And then there's always a trade deadline. That's normal. That's crazy. That's normal. And we're getting used to unfamiliar territory. Right. It's crazy. Right. So with with baseball, I feel like the 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 numbers should be like in the 120s, 130 range. Cut mm-hmm. like 30 something games, because I think one big appeal with March Madness coming up, right, in a couple of weeks. Oh, I can't wait. It's yeah. I mean, you being a Syracuse guy for sure. And I'm I gonna mean, I'm gonna not, end up. Gamb- we're not gonna get in this year. Yeah. You know, I still love it. But I'm I'm gonna end up gambling on kids that are not gonna be professional athletes and are younger than me. So that's like my <laughs> number one rule. When people are like, "Yo, are you gonna bet on the tournament?" I was like, "I'm gonna bet, but I'm an idiot and I shouldn't because I don't like betting." on people that are younger than me and aren't professional athletes <laughs> they're gonna end up being accountants and teachers like nah i'm good man but also the biggest appeal to march madness is that there's urgency right there's, there's one game mm-hmm. like yo you shoot fucking 27 percent from three you're mm-hmm. gonna get bounced by a by a 12 seed yeah so that's why people like march madness mm-hmm. and it's so quick hitting so with baseball i personally lead I love the wild card thing. Yo. The one game shit. Those are always lit, especially when it was like those games in Toronto, mm-hmm. right? The Mets even played one. And I know they lost to the Giants, but that was Syndergaard and uh, Bumgarner. And like you said, yes. the pitching, there was like 0-0 zero, zero going into the eighth. Everyone that I was watching the game with, they're like, yo, this shit is ass. I'm like, bro, they're getting out of like runner on second and third, no outs. and High just, leverage intense. Yeah, like, You got to really, like, if you don't know about the sport or you aren't as into it, I guess you won't feel it as much. But, like, I remember that 2015 run like it was yesterday just because it was like every game was intense. And I think... 
the the craziest series was their first series against the Dodgers mm -hmm. because it was just like it was Jacob Degrom's coming out party. They they beat uh, Kershaw. Kershaw, Murphy turned it on, and you didn't know he was going to turn it on for the rest of that postseason. But he was just like the unsung hero of that series and the whole run. But it's just like you, all these pieces are coming together, and like we're not supposed to be there, yeah. you know. And we, and we made it there, and I think that's another part of the sport that's so pretty cool. And you look at the Royals that beat us that year. Uh, the year before they just fell short and the year before that they sucked and even yeah. now they suck so look like sometimes you're due sometimes it's your time uh sometimes it isn't and it wasn't for the mess that year but like i went to a world series game the only one we won thank god because if i went to l would have sucked it still would have been cool but yeah, it was but the first game yeah, first yeah. world series game at city field and i saw a dub that's when Syndergaard Threw at homeboy, he said, meet me 60 feet and six inches. Like, you know, like, look at that. Sticks with me. Yeah, man. Sticks with the fans. And I'm just so excited about the Mets this year. Yeah, they get Lindor, who I feel like he's he's a household name, even if you're not really following baseball like that. He's yes. one of the, the five, six most marketable guys. Mr. Smiley. Mr. Like, Smile. And, you know, you bring a guy in like that, like, it's hard for you not to create buzz in the city and even, like, league-wide, too. And you know, you got you got Syndergaard coming back. You got mm -hmm. some of these young guys that took steps. I mean, Alonzo, too, and, and all this, and the new ownership. Right. So, I'm really pumped, man. What do you think is the upside for the Mets? Like, realistically. Realistically? Uh, so, you want to do, like, floor ceiling? Yeah, I'm talking about, like, what's, like, an LCS, World Series? Like, what do you think? So, I think playoffs isn't guaranteed, I'm going to say, number one, because... I think there's going to be a lot of changes. It's a long season. People mm. could get injured. Uh, you know, COVID too. COVID. Yeah. Thor could have a setback. Or like, you know, I feel like we've equipped our team as best as possible. Thanks to Steve Cohen. Shout out to the God. Um, <laughs> Uncle Steve, man. Love, love that guy. Um, but yeah, like, I feel like we're equipped to make a run, put ourselves in a position to win 90 plus games. Um, you know, if not, make a wild card. Um, you know, and then... Take it from there, you know, because you just never know. I don't want to say we're going to make a World Series or it's a World Series or bust um, because you just never know with baseball. It's a volatile sport. Like, someone could get Tommy John and then you're screwed. Yeah. Um, you could lose your best player to, like, an ankle injury and he's, he's gone. out six to eight weeks. And, and then you lose a lot of games and yeah. you put yourself in a position where you have to play catch-up. Um, they were in that situation last year. I think they were, like, three games out. If they would have swept that last series, they would have made it to the playoffs. Like, look at that. It's just, like down to the wire and it's kind of why i like the longer seasons um 60 games was trash personally like that short was was whack 120 would be cool like you mentioned um but i think we have everything to to get there you know like and i like listening to SNY and all these dudes speaking on it and then i have my own opinion because sometimes i don't agree with these dudes yeah i'm just like yeah i have my own opinion and you know like i play a lot of fantasy sports so like i'm really in the mix right now i'm currently in a gif draft actually right now so what we're is just, that so essentially we just throw a, a gif in uh we did the the order drop the order um and then everyone goes little by little and it's snake and we operated in group me and we talk about it in our regular text so it's like all right this dude's up i just picked so we started earlier this week and we'll just like go all the way through until we get through like i think it's like 19 rounds 21 rounds baseball is a lot yeah yeah and in, in, in a lot of different ways um, but like I'm, I'm currently in a, in a gift draft and I had number two, I almost went to Grom, um, but I went Trout because I can't skip Trout. That dude Who went first? Uh, uh, Acuna, 40-40, mm. you know, like yeah. you can't, can't pass up on something like that. 
but um, like to see Degrom going that high, to to see these rankings, and and you know we have two top fifteen players. One's Degrom, one's Lindor. Like, you know Lindor changed everything for this team personally, um, because he's gonna make J D Davis better at their base. He's gonna bring the morale. He's gonna bring, you know, that face of the franchise that we so desperately need. I think because I think it's Degrom, but he's not vocal. Um, he's more like he's not vocal and he's also a pitcher too yeah. man. I feel like you need to have a guy he goes every five, exactly he goes right. every five days you need someone that's going to take at bats every day or he's going to play like 150 or 160 games you know have you ever thought about what they do in Japan where they pitch their guys every six days and like no one yeah. really gets Tommy John out there bro yeah I, I think a few teams are you know thinking about doing that now but sometimes some people are stubborn like I heard Bauer wants to go every four days and I'm just like you know like every, everyone's Different, everyone, you know, but at the same time, is the team going to let him do that? Mm. Probably not. Um, but the every six days thing would be pretty cool because it'll keep him fresh. But at the same time, you're cutting starts for someone like DeGrom. That's so, true. like, are you going to get that quality start or that win? Like, he hasn't gotten a lot of wins, unfortunately. But he's still so dominant. Like, it's just a 0-0, 1-0 game, and the bullpen blows it. That's, that's the scariest part to me right now about the Mets is the bullpen. They didn't do enough, I think. So that's why I'm like, you know, I think we can be a wild card team. I think we can win the division. The 95 wins, when I saw that, I was like, whoa, like that's it's a little too much for me. I think we'll be like right over 90 because that puts us in, in Yankee territory and they're yeah. always consistently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and they hit that consistently. Um, but the division is a little easier this year. It's It's been a little bit easier over the last few years. Um, but then again, like when the Red Sox and the Blue Jays and now the Rays, like when they're all clicking, super competitive. But now... Then Al East has the Braves, who've won a division the last few years. The Phillies, who got Harper and they retooled again. The Nats, who just won the World Series two years ago. Uh, the Marlins just went to the playoffs last year. And, you know, these are all up-and-up teams, and they're going to compete. It's going to be a bloodbath, and that's why it's going to be so fun watching every day. You know, one of the reasons why I came to that number, the 120, 130 range, is because you play your division opponent 18 times. So, it's like, do you really Could be overkill. To? Yeah, yeah overkill. like, why not do it? You know, Phillies and Mets, they play 12 games, six and six or four and two, however you want to do it. Mm -hmm. I think 12 games is enough to realize, like, yeah. if you're better than a certain team. So if you cut that, right, you take away six games from the Marlins, Phillies, Braves, and the Nats, right? So mm -hmm. that's 24 games. From 162, you're down to, like, 138. I think that's a good number there. Because yeah. I just don't think you need to – even bro, even in the NBA, like, you don't – the Raptors and Knicks don't need to play that many times. Like, you could just tell. Yeah. You know, and I, I feel I feel like with the NBA, I would do it east and west. You play each other one time, home and away, like how they've been doing it. Mm -hmm. And then you play your division twice. So you'll play twice against the Raptors, twice against the Knicks in New York and in Toronto. Right. And then you play everyone in the east. If you're the Knicks, you play the Heat once, home and home. Before you know it, it comes out to 72, 72 games. So you shave off 10 games. I like that idea. You know who doesn't like that idea? The leagues. The leagues. Because they want to make money. Because they want to make yeah. money. And now yeah. they're letting fans back in. We were talking about this before we started recording. Mm -hmm. You got to get... Uh, my buddy Impy went to the game last Saturday. And I had tickets for... I mean, at the time of recording, tomorrow when they play the Pistons before the All-Star break. But I just couldn't go get COVID tested. Yeah. You have to get tested three days before. At least it is for New York and with the Garden. Right. I I'm not really that. sure about Barclays. But... That's another thing that they're doing now to get fans back in the arena. And I feel like what we were talking about earlier before about how just, you know, caring about others and just feeling better knowing that like, all right, yo, everyone here has been tested mm -hmm. and I'm good. I'm not in a, you know, a 
the COVID center right yep. now. I'm yep. at the garden, just chilling. I can... A little bit of normalcy, just it goes a long way, you know? And it's like, we took a lot of that stuff for granted. And now Fuck you yeah, just we see, did. you just see like, all right, I got a little bit of Knicks, a little bit of MSG back, or I could be out in front of MSG. Or like, you know, I wish I was out there the other night when they were celebrating once we were 500 or over 500. And like, I was celebrating my group chats and on Twitter, I'm just like, yo, I'm hype. Like, the Knicks have sucked for a, a good we majority this, of the last two decades. Uh, you know, 2013 was the outlier. Yeah. Right? And that's because Melo put the team on his back. Stop disrespecting my guy, Melo. <laughs> so, that. you know, like... His career, I think, has aged the best. Yeah, I think so. Um, because, look, I wasn't... At the time that they had him, I, I loved him being here. Did he frustrate me? Yeah, he did. But then when he leaves, you start looking at no superstar and i put air quotes not to disrespect him but like people throw the term superstar around but like no all nba all-star player had more starting five combinations in that tenure than mellow multiple head coaches and it's like yo at what point is it like yo man i was the only stable thing that you guys had right and then he was out the league for a year and he comes back and he dropped 29 the other day against Lamelo, and i love all those memes i was like yo bro if La- if Melo is Lamelo Ball to her, then she's too young for you, bro. Yeah, Yo, like, there was Mello, so many man. great memes. Yeah, and also that's your guy too, yeah. Syracuse. Syracuse, man. Yep. Um, I-, I got into Melo when he went on that run. My dad put me on, and you know what? I always regret this. Probably he wanted to bring me to the Big East Championship game, and then I think I couldn't go. I was just like too young, and I was like, yeah, you know what? Let's just watch it home, and they won. And I'm just like, that was right before they went on to March Madness, and that's when I really got into March Madness and and hoop a little more. Um, so like that's one of my biggest regrets with Melo, but it's like that's probably one of my favorite players of all time to this day. Uh, I do tweet it a dome religiously. Um, you know, it's a Nick thing now too, but yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. it's cool to see that he's getting his flowers. He he's top ten scoring all time. He's only gonna keep rising now, and it's just like I like what you mentioned. He's had one of the better aging careers where like he's been able to have a redemption story, and I'm really glad for him because he deserves it, and he doesn't look like he. Does he look like he should be out of the league? Nah, nah. That was the most you disrespectful know? thing. So, and I think he'll be around for a couple more years. So, like, I'm pretty glad. And I'll tune into a lot of Blazers games when I can. Well, um, I have league pass because of them. Because I love Damian Lillard. That's yo. my favorite basketball player. So, I mean, I watch. I watch. I think that I've watched the most outside of the Knicks. I've watched the Blazers the most over the last, like, two, three team. years. They're a really fun team. I like Dame. I like him. Like CJ, they're gonna get him back soon. Yeah, you know I think they can make a run if they do it right. Um, but it's like there's a lot of a lot of ways that could go. But you know, getting back to the original, orange and blue is popping right now. Yeah, man, it orange really is. Orange and blue is popping right now. It really is. We deserve it though, man. We've been we've been a laughing stock for 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 many years. I mean, both teams, right? Like even the both Mets in the teams. 2015 thing. Like you know, uh, whenever it's Bobby Bonilla Day, it's always like, "Yo, these these assholes are still paying every them and day. shit." You know? you know, every time that comes up, I make sure to drop a link where people know that there's way more people getting deferred money late, late. And it's like, you think about, I forgot who mentioned it, but they were like, "Yo, uh, by the time Tatis contract is done, we'll be one more year left of paying Bobby Bonilla, and he signed a 14 year deal." So it's just like you think about that, and just like, "Damn, these jokes are gonna keep coming." I'm a little bit more equipped for it now, you know, because I got that back pocket link where I'm like, yo, this dude's making that much. And, you know, like Scherzer has this much deferred money. He's going to mm. be getting paid into his 40s and he's going to be on his couch, you know. So it's like, oh, but Bobby Bonilla, you know. So I'm used to it by now and it'll roll around again in July. Um, but it's just like 
now you don't really got to worry about that because you got Lindor on the field and you got DeGrom going every five days and you upgraded that catcher, uh, you know, and you're one of the best teams in the NL East and the NL. Um, you know, these rankings come out and they have the Mets in the top five in the whole MLB, 30 teams. It's like crazy, unfamiliar, surreal territory. And, and we're here. So, like, I'm ready for it. I'm going to be watching almost every game if I can. I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, so we've been talking about baseball. What's what's you said? One A was baseball, one B was basketball. Where's where's soccer at, man? Because I remember, you know, the whole Real Madrid story. I thought that was really dope that you Definitely. went and studied abroad, and then from being a because like soccer and baseball, those two fans they clash heads a lot. Of course, yo, that shit is boring. This shit is boring, right? Yeah, yep. it's always it's always pulling teeth between the two, and you. I've mentioned you so many times to people like, yo, he never fucked with soccer. Then you go and tell the people a little bit about that story. Definitely. You go study abroad. Studied abroad in Madrid, uh, 2013. I was there from August through December. So like nice time. Season's about to start up. Uh, Gareth Bale gets transferred to Real Madrid like days after I land. So like, I don't know who this guy is. I know who Cristiano Ronaldo is because he's my favorite player and he kind of got me into the sport. Uh, I initially got into the sport when I used to see Joga Bonita videos with Ronaldinho. Yeah, Everyone was into Dude, that. Dude, I used to have, I went to a Nike, a Nike soccer clinic in Chelsea Piers and I met Clint Dempsey. I met Roberto Carlos. Oh my God. Oh fuck. There was a dude from the Netherlands. Oh, Edgar Davids. Okay. The dude with the dreads used to play for yeah. you, Um, and they gave us the Joga Bonita balls. Wow. Did you you ever like felt one? No. So it was made for like dribbling and actual skill. Cause it was a heavy it was like a medicine ball kind of. Okay. It was heavier. And if you were to like throw the ball up, it would bounce, but like if you were to bounce a regular soccer ball, just say hypothetically speaking, it would go up to here on yep. like the I'm not talking about slamming it. Right. The the joga ball would like go here, so it was always meant. So like, if you played a long ball to someone, yeah, it wouldn't be bouncing all over the place. So it yeah. was made for like street soccer. You know, don't worry about the ball going over the fence. It was really made, and it really helped your like skill level and shit. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Now I wish I would have kept that ball because it was like a fire gold and like Sick. it was like a gold and blue Brazilian color soccer ball. But because you said Joko Bonito, man, that yeah. shit fucking reminds me. Yeah, triggers like yeah, you know, memories, yeah. and it's different for everyone. I feel like everyone who knows about the sport, or like even if you only saw that, you're like, all right, that was pretty damn cool. Bro, those Nike soccer commercials. I've I've run those back. Every <laughs> Yo, so often. me too, bro. With yeah. like Henri, Eric Cantona. Yep. Uh, just so many people. So many. The so the many. Brazilian team in the airport, like those shits are bangers. Those are hilarious. First to hundred wins, and they're in the yo yep. yo. I'm definitely watching those later. So, so. um. Yeah, it's like that. I really got into that then. I'm like, all right, now I know what this is, and I know some players. And you know, I remember Zidane doing the headbutt, and mm -hmm. then Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm like, all right, he's at Man U. Then he goes to Madrid, and I'm just like, whoa, Madrid. Um, you know, so then I'm learning more about Spain and Madrid. Long story short, go over there. It's all I have. There's a six hour time difference. Um, you know, so that was an adjustment, not being able to speak to family and friends regularly, like finding when I could speak to them. But you know, no Mets, no Knicks. Uh, it was football season, so no Giants. Uh, and, you know, you can... So, bro, we were for the same team. Yeah. That's why I knew I fucked with you, too. You same pain, boy. baby. Same pain. So it's like, <laughs> I had no sports out there, and I right. love sports. And I'm just like, what am I going to do? I need my fix. I'm like, all right, let's just get fully invested into soccer. 
Um, and I didn't even know about Atletico Madrid until I got out there. And they had the swoosh. So I'm just like, damn, they got the swoosh. I'm like, you know, I like Nike. I'm, you know, I won't call yeah. myself a loyalist, but I wear more Nike than I do Adidas. Right, right, right. Um, and I'm just like, damn, Checks over like, stripes, bro. Checks over stripes. But I was just like, yo, should, should I mess with Atletico? And I was just like, nah, go with your boy CR. So I went with CR and it's like, that was the year. So I come back and it stuck with me. I kept watching uh, Copa del Rey, uh, La Liga and Champions League. Mm -hmm. They won uh, La Decima, which is the 10th for them um and they're at 14 now which is pretty wild um or 13 excuse me but it's just like pretty wild that i'm pretty spoiled with these guys like for the last almost a decade because i went there to 2013 mm -hmm. or 2021 they've just been so damn good they won that year i was there um the following year barca won and they won the treble and then after that Back to back, back to back to yeah. back. They won three years in a row. So yeah. it's like four Champions League titles in five years. So it was just like really spoiled. And it's crazy because before that, they were like good and they had the big names and it was the Galacticos, but they never won, you know? Yeah. Um, and then like CR loses to Messi uh, in the Champions League final with Man U. He goes, this is how I say it when I speak to my friends. He goes, fuck it. I'm out to Spain. I'm going to Madrid. I'm going to go challenge Messi. And, you know, it was history from there. And that's something that, you know, I know you wanted to talk about is that rivalry. It's like, yeah, man. it was so intense while it was going on. Like, I remember going to a bar in Madrid during Clasico. Um, we lost that Clasico, but it Love was so fun. Love that you say fun. we. That's a, real, that's a real fucking fan right it, there. It's like we lost that and I was pretty upset by it, but I had only been a fan for like a few months. But it's just like... I had been watching that long and I was really into it. And then, you know, I have friends that are, I have a lot of Barca fan friends, um, not a lot of Real Madrid fan friends. Um, I do feel like Barcelona, because I was a Barcelona guy growing up too. They were just, I don't know if it was the colors. I loved Rivaldo. Rivaldo was my favorite was soccer dirty. player. Him and Henri were my favorite two soccer players great. growing up. Uh, Henri, number one, though, my favorite. That's why I'm an Arsenal fan to this day. And I also have a soft spot for France. France is my favorite international team. They're dirty. Yeah, they're nasty, bro. And despite having no French ties at all, just because of Henri. So the reason why I wanted to introduce that story again about your ties to Real Madrid and how you became a fan. And I thought about this conversation with you because I think it's perfect because I've watched El Clasico the last two years. Mm -hmm. Ronaldo's not there anymore. Yep. He's at Juventus. Do the teams make the rivalry in sports or is it the athletes? Because, bro, I remember you would watch NBA games on Tuesdays and in the top right quarter, it'd be like El Clasico in five days Yes, on ESPN. Right. Like one, like the ESPN main yeah. channel. Mm -hmm. I feel you. Because it'd be like the Saturday three o'clock matinee game. I don't see that shit no more. I think it's yeah, you're right because and, and then and then oh, hold on, let's let's think about it. Like let's talk a little bit about like other sports too, right? Yankees, Red Sox. I was gonna mention that. Ortiz ain't there no more. Jeter ain't there anymore. Some of those core guys like that rivalry, you mm -hmm. know, it's not the same. You look at in in the NBA when like certain guys. Well, now it's gotten a little dicey because like there's not really that much loyalty in the sport anymore it's a like, lot of teaming up and a lot of teaming up and like yo i'm here for three four years and i'm out you know like kyrie's been on three different teams in five years so mm -hmm. it's like well who do you think of kyrie as like is he gonna go down as a net and definitely not a celtic a cab mm -hmm. you know like even braun braun's been on three different teams in his career so i mean in a way four different teams because of this stint back to cleveland so 
how do you feel about that, man? Do you think when you're looking at sports rivalries, right, like Packers-Bears, they talk about that being the best rivalry in football. The NFC East, it's always like, yo, no matter how bad Washington is, if they're 3-12 and 12 and they got a chance to keep the Giants out the playoffs, that's just going to be a banger. Yep. But is it the teams that make the rivalry or is it the players that make the rivalry? Because I don't know. I don't have an answer. I'd have to think it's, about it. It's hard. You have to think about it. It's like a double-edged sword because speaking to Barca and Real Madrid, um, you know, that rivalry really hasn't been there uh, since they left. And I think it's because the storyline left. Like, I think everyone still looks for Messi and they still look for Ronaldo. But because he's not there, um, you know, I don't think you'd be like the common fan wouldn't be able to name a lot of Real Madrid players mm-hmm. right now. You know, like we still got Ramos, Modric. Like, it's a lot of the, the older players who had won those championships over the last few years. But they aren't Ronaldo. They aren't LeBron. Um, Their status was elevated because of Cristiano. Exactly. Um, Very fair, you yeah. Know? So it's like... Messi's still there, and I think it's fun because people want to see what Messi does, but Messi hasn't scored in a Clasico in, like, the last four Clasicos. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that. but No, I didn't. But... It's, it, he's, like, on a little bit of a drought there. Um, so I, th- I think the last time he scored might have been when he flexed the jersey, um, which is it's pretty crazy to think, too, because it seems like that was so close, uh, but it wasn't. Um, and speaking to that exact moment, who goes and flexes the jersey the next time they visit their turf? CR yeah. did it, you know, yeah. and Marcelo got him to do it. I don't think he would have done it, but he was like, yo, show your jersey, you know, and then he took his jersey off and he showed it, you know. Um, so it's like that feeds into the rivalry, that feeds in. And then they even speak about how they miss playing each other or like how it was great times and maybe one day they'll play each other again. So that's why I think it's a little bit bigger when they play each other in like a Champions League match. I think they played in the group stage. Yeah. And uh, we missed out on one matchup with them because Ronaldo had COVID. Mm-hmm. So like even that was getting storylines like, damn, we're not going to see them. They're aging. They're still doing pretty damn well to be lit, like older players. But it's like they bring that buzz, um, you know, like going, all right, Yankees, Red Sox. Where's the buzz? The Yankees are good. The Red Sox are not, you know. So I feel like it's a little bit of both. But it, it might be the players you know because the players are what makes the team good so if the team isn't good a la red sox you're not really going to want to tune in to yankees red sox if they're not like one and two in the division like a few games apart Mm -hmm. like every other week you're switching first and second place standings or like this one's fighting for the wild card spot and or this one's fighting for home field advantage i think you don't have that that much anymore and it speaks to like kind of with the nba it's very AAU buddy ball everyone's really like friendly and like I want to team up with you or like you know even after the games the jersey swaps came to the states and a lot more people are doing that now before it originated was, in soccer before it was fuck out of here I don't want to deal with you or yeah. like damn you beat me like I'm not even gonna shake your hand like you know this is personal I'm gonna see you next time um you know so I feel like it's not bad that people are so buddy buddy but it takes away that competitive edge you know like and I don't think it's it's not terrible for the game, but it's not the game me and you grew up across all sports. You know, I feel like it was a lot more competitive when you had those like little rivalries or like, all right, I'm circling the calendar on this day because we got to get this dub mm. or because Messi's coming to town. Got to make sure we get this dub, you know, um, and I think it depends on, you know, the matchup. Like, are the teams leveled or like, where do they stand in the table? Um, you know, like right now, the next Classico that comes up is going to be pretty damn huge because it's pretty it's bunched up up top uh athletic goes in first 
I think Barca won today, so they might have. They did win today. Yeah, they, I did they see tied that. Uh, Madrid for like I think we're both tied in second now, or they might have like jumped up because they played an extra game. Um, but it's like the next Clasico, you might hear a little bit more because there's a lot more at stake. Um, you know, so it's like people are gonna want to know. All right, whoever wins this could win the league because it's that big of a. I think Madrid plays Atletico this weekend actually. So that's a that's a derby, and that's gonna be yeah. pretty, you know, like, and the rivalry there is huge too, but more so in Spain, you know, like over here, we're gonna, we're not gonna feel like, oh my God, Madrid and Atletico. Yeah. Over there, they're gonna be like, yo, we gotta beat these motherfuckers because they are cross town rivals, you know. Um, I think the biggest rivalry in New York right now might be Mets Yankees because they're pretty good. Mm. You know, and they always split series. Um, you know, like the, the Knicks aren't up to par with the Nets right now. They got blown the last game. Um, I think they'll do better the next time around because Tibbs got these guys doing pretty well. But it's definitely uh, on the players to show up, perform, create those storylines, make the team good. Um, it's a mixed bag. I feel like you can really defend either side of it being team or player that make the rivalry. Cause, you know, in, in the NFL, when I think of rivalries, the, the first one that comes to my mind as far as players would be Peyton and Brady. Like, for our generation, it was like, yo, Peyton Brady. Every year they played each other regular season. Every year, you had to go through one of them two to make the Super Bowl in the AFC. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, I remember up until the Ravens went to that Super Bowl with uh, with Joe Flacco, I think every AFC representative was like either Peyton, Brady, or Big Ben. Yeah. And then it was like Joe Flacco, and then again, it was like Brady, Brady, Peyton. Yeah. You know, like, that was the entire roadmap of the AFC. So it was like, was it Colts Pats that you were excited for? Or was it Peyton Brady? Mm -hmm. I mean, now when the Colts play the Pats, it's like a one o'clock random throwaway game on yep. red zone. Mm -hmm. So I I think I didn't have an answer to this until we started talking about it. I think it it has to be the players. And then especially when you get guys that are like I know Ronaldo didn't start at Madrid, but I think Ronaldo's legacy is gonna be what he did at Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. Like if you had a Hall of Fame. And you know how like players go in as a Nick player, you go in as a Laker. He's gonna go in as a Madrid player. Mm -hmm. Messi, he's only been at Barcelona, so he's gonna go in. So I think when you have guys that are homegrown, that's why I think that Red Sox Yankees rivalry really was what it was when we were coming up. Because you also had the the Bambino curse, right? So the Red Sox yep. didn't win a World Series yet, and then you had the 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 three zero lead that was blown in two thousand four, which. As a Met fan, I wish that shit happened now with social media. <laughs> Imagine. Yo, if that yo. shit happened, oh, man, Yankee fans would be miserable. I was going to bring up, too, like Don Zimmer getting thrown by Pedro. Like, the player made the rivalry. He juiced up the rivalry. He yep. kind of brought it back to, like, whoa, Pedro threw my man Don Zimmer. Yeah. Nah, screw Johnny them. Damon hits the two home runs in Yankee Stadium then win the World Series. Next year, he becomes a Yankee. It's like, yo, fuck you, bro. We exactly. just hated these motherfuckers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, I think... It's a, it's a fascinating question, man. And at Veterans Minimum, send us your thoughts. Let us know what you guys think about this because I do think that the players... And yo, you know what, man? Maybe in a couple of years, we, we say it's the teams because the players Maybe. are not... Like, especially in the NBA, they're not around for that long with one team. Oh. You know, maybe like Giannis and... And I can't even say Embiid because, like, there's no, like, animosity there. But I'm trying to think, like, I can't think of one in the NBA, you know. Maybe yeah. LeBron and the Warriors, but that's more like LeBron and Curry mm -hmm. that had the beef, you know. Like, yeah. LeBron was like, yo, this guy won unanimous MVP. Like, he's not on my level. 
So there was animosity there. But then again, like that was LeBron was with the Cavs. Does he have the same heat? So it's it might be sport dependent too. Could be sport dependent. I think so because it could be fan dependent too. Like how deep That's are right. they into that rivalry, or like are they looking forward to it as much as the players are? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like you mentioned, it's either the team or the players that makes the fan that into it, that avid, or like circle that date on the calendar too, like a classical. What about team versus player rivalry? Damn. Example I'm thinking of, people were trying to make something of LeBron versus the Heat. True. His former team, the Pat Riley comments, like, yo, you just outed us? Like, you just left us? Where Not we? even better, LeBron versus the Cavs. Dan LeBron Gilbert. The, yeah, yeah, that too. That too. I think that happened, what, the last time they played, I think, uh, what was it? A guy laughed at him because he missed a shot in the third quarter. He saw it. He's like... I remember you, I know you, boom, goes off in the yeah. fourth, you know. And I do want to take this time to mention about LeBron. It's like so impressive watching him right now. Uh, I know it's a little bit off topic, but it's just I really can't believe what this guy's doing so late into his career. He's not taking days off. I think he's taking his first day off of the season this next game against the Kings. And Well, know, now without AD too, he kind of is. Yeah. Now it's like can't really rest now. Nope, he has to play. Um, but it's just like, damn, like I'm such a Jordan guy, Jordan Stan. To me, Jordan's a GOAT. I, I've been thinking about it recently, and I'm prepared to admit that I think once he retires, he's going to be considered the GOAT because it's just like, do you see what this guy's doing? Do you like, can you believe it? Do you yeah. see how there's like talks about him ending his career on 40,000, 10,000, and 10,000? That is fucking beast. Yeah. It's unheard of. You no know, one's doing that yeah. ever again. Yeah. You know, there's, um, there's, there's not a thing that I want more to happen in sports besides my team win championships than LeBron to get the six. What's going to be the conversation then? I think it's going to be a fun conversation, and I'd love to be participate in that conversation. They're, you know? they're, they're the favorite right now, slight favorite over the Nets. Mm-hmm. But the Nets, for as good as they've been, and Harden deserves to be in the MVP conversation. He does. This guy, like, all of a sudden he plays defense too? You're yeah. like, yeah, what the hell is going yeah. on? Because, you know, it goes back to what I've always said about athletes. I talked about this on a pod with Allen about J.J. Watt. Like, he signs Shout out to, my boy, Allen. Shouts to Allen, man. If you're a player who's on, like, a shitbag team in a shitbag situation, like, he's on the Texans, right? Like, let's, let's look at J.J. Watt, for example. And you're going to love the other one because it's a baseball guy. J.J. Watt's he just on signed the, with the Cardinals, though, actually, right? Yeah, he signed with the Cardinals. Okay. J.J. Watt signs with the Cardinals. He leaves Houston, which, you know... I said their ceiling is five wins, and Allen was like, you're being a little generous, right? <laughs> Especially if they lose Watson also, because the team is just not that good. Yep. He leaves, and he goes to the Cardinals, who you ask 10 different people, you get 10 different responses as to how good you think they could be. Their division is also stacked, too. Stafford just went there with the Rams, right. so that division is like really beast. But now J.J. Watt is like, yo, I'm on a team that might win 10 games. I got an offense that's really good. I like Kyler Murray. I know D Hop. Mm-hmm. He's rejuvenated over there. Did he chase the bag? Yeah, of course. I'm pro athlete chasing the bag all the time. Mm-hmm. Like that, I don't give a fuck about that. Right? Get for, paid. For me, get paid, bro. And it's weird because the most polarizing position for me in all of sports is the running back. Because I don't want to pay a running back, but I'm fully behind them being like, yo, I want to get paid, bro. Like mm-hmm. the running back, their career. They get drafted 21, 22 years old into the league. They run them to the ground on those first four years. Then they're 26, 27. Aaron Jones now with the Packers. He wants $60 million. I'm happy the Giants have a running back 
because I would be miserable if they gave him $16 million. He deserves it. He's a top eight running back, but I don't want to pay him. And we're going to get to a point where we might have to start thinking about that with Saquon. Yeah. So that's going to be a combo too. That's going to be a combo that's going to suck. And then everyone's going to be sending me these clips the whole time, right? Yep. So J.J. Watt is an example. And the one that I said years ago was Justin Verlander when he left the Tigers and he went to the Astros. I'm like, yo, bro, he was winning 70 games with the Tigers. Now he's going to a team that might win the World Series. And what happened? He was their ace. Yep. So you got to factor that in when a guy gets traded to a new team. And that's why I'm saying with James Harden. Like, James Harden, you kind of saw what the ceiling was going to be. Yo, you're going to run into the Warriors. You're going you're gonna to hold the cell. Yep. Everyone did, right? With yep. the exception being LeBron. That was a very special team that they had, those Golden State Warrior teams. And it's like, yo, it was, I don't want to compare them to the Bulls teams, but that might have been a Bulls run that we experienced where, like, yo, LeBron would have maybe one or two more championships if he didn't run into them. And, it's like, true. who knows what happens with Houston, right? How many times? Houston lost three times to the Warriors also. Mm-hmm. All these teams, they run into that. You run into that special team in your era. In the NFL now, that's how everyone in the AFC is going to feel about Kansas City. Yes, it's true. And it's like... Sometimes it's just not your time. And it even goes back to us speaking about Melo, the Knicks getting Melo. Right. It's just like he had so many different, you know, teams while in New York and he just had to keep going at LeBron. Mm-hmm. Had to keep, you know, trying to win. And it was difficult to do because, you know, you're gonna run into that guy like Jordan ran into to the Pistons when in the in the eighties, you know, and like And we, then everyone ran into Jordan. Exactly. So it's just like what's gonna happen next? You know, you never really know. So that's why you gotta appreciate it at face value. Cause I've I've also taken a step back from like hating on teams. Like I feel like I won't say I hate this Nets team. I dislike them. They're very talented. Um, I f- I've gotten over Katie and Kyrie not wanting to pull up. Well, I was gonna bring that up. I feel like a lot of hate that I have towards them or and, and when I say hate when it comes to sports, it's a sports hate, right? Like, I would yeah. love to grab a beer with, with KD. I wouldn't be offended by him. Yeah. But, like, I have sports hate towards them. Like, yes. I sports hate Deshaun Jackson. There's not an athlete that I dislike more than him. Oh, my God. Because he just... I almost brought him up earlier. <laughs> his whole career is just highlight tapes against the Giants. It's like, fuck, yo. Shout, out, shout out to the homie Chris Sweat. Oh, man. Yeah, he lets me... He reminds me all the time <laughs> of those motherfuckers. But, like, yo... I think a lot of the animosity that Knicks fans have towards KD and Kyrie is because, like, yo, we got our hopes up as Knicks fans, which we always do. We always do. Oh, he's coming. He's coming. They're coming. Uh, Rich Kleiman is wearing a Knicks shirt. At a certain point, I was 90% convinced. And it's just like you couldn't talk me off that ledge because I was in so deep already, like... Yeah, imagine you know. they, they got the number one pick, too, and they got Zion, Yo. Kyrie. And but it sucks because then the media sets it up for failure. Like, oh, you thought this was happening the whole time, but you were gassing it up, too. You right, know? So right, right. So I, I ate it up. Yeah. We haven't been good in so long. I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid. Absolutely. You know? So it's, it's a revolving cycle. Gas you up. You fail. Make fun of you. Gas you up again. Get hype. So it's like... You have to like learn from it. You experience it and just like, all right, I'm not that excited this time around or I'm just going to chill a little bit. Like Windhorse recently, he was just like, yo, in the next 12 months, the Knicks are going to make a trade for a star. And I'm just like, I'm not sipping that Kool-Aid yet. It's cool to hear. It gets me excited. It makes me think, is that Bradley Beal? Um, you know, but at the same time, until it happens and he's holding up the jersey and he's in the press conference, I think that's what soccer taught me the most because that has the most rumors. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, this person's going here or not. And they're talking about summer transfers and it's only March or January. So it's like, is it going to happen? Is it not? You can never confirm it until the person is wearing that jersey or holding up the jersey in the press conference. Because if not, it's just a rumor. 
because everyone likes to make them, everyone likes to listen to them, and it's clickbaity, clickbaity, read that shit up, yeah, eat it up, and you're just like, damn, you know, we might get Beal. I'm not thinking we'll get Beal because they're gonna make us give the house up, and I kind of don't want to do that yet. I want to see a deal before any of that happens. I know they'll make a good decision, obviously. But it's just like you can never get too excited for something because then it just crushes you. So like speaking on the Nets, like I wouldn't say I hate them. Um, I will say that I dislike more so their fans and their players' decisions because everyone's like, oh, the Nets took over New York and they did it in less than a year. And I'm like, you know, in retrospect, if you're really in New York, like the Knicks got a lot of the headlines right now because it's just like they're doing a lot with bare minimum yeah. stuff you know well it's it's one of those conversations where it's it's always going to be a Knicks town it's always going to be a Yankee town right no matter what and yeah. you know we we root for one team and we root against another but that's just how it's going to be yep. the, the Mets could go on and win five straight World Series it's it's still going to be a pinstripe town More this is what it that. is so with the Knicks like yo the Knicks win four games in a row and you see what happens in the city they the were Nets bugging outside games. the garden. Yeah, man. the Nets won eight games in a row. It's like the 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 headlines are Tibbs and and RJ Barrett and Randall being an All Star. Like, yeah. bro, y'all are new. Y'all are still new. Yep. Like some people still on TV call you the New Jersey Nets. Yeah, like they'll slip up and be like, "Oh, Brooklyn." It's and like, I fucked with the New Jersey Nets. They're like, because the Knicks were trash then. Yeah, you know, Kerry Kittles and Kid and Kenya Martin, like Keith they, Van Horn. They made it popping, and I was just like, "All right." Like I had a kid jersey, and you know, when NBA fitted, where you know I got my Nick hat on, you know, because I gotta have the Nick hat. <laughs> but like I was wearing the matching jersey with the matching fitted like mm-hmm. back then, and it was like. They did the damn thing. And they, what, Marbury was going up against Kidd, and, like, you still, like, they lost, but you're just like, damn, this Nets team is pretty fucking good because they go to the finals, and you're still following them, and they're in your neighborhood or, or like, the tri-state area, and you're just like, damn. these. Yeah, they're getting the media coverage, so. Pretty damn good. So it's like, I really enjoyed them then. Like, you know, they come step on our toes coming to Brooklyn now. Wasn't really feeling that, um, so I'm definitely going to be a little defensive when it comes to, like, Knicks, Nets chatter. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm glad to be a Nick fan. I'm not jumping ship. I'm not a front runner. Never will be. Bro, that's um, the ultimate test of your loyalty. Yep. You know, one time I went out, I went out with some girl and she's like, yo, are you like, she's like, you say that you're loyal. How are you loyal? I was like, yeah, I've been a Mets and Knicks fan my whole life. <laughs> I was like, do you know what it's like, Rudy? Yo, yo, sports are crazy, man. I say this shit all the time. It's the one relationship that you're in that They'll treat you bad. <laughs> They'll let you down, but you just don't get out of you it. Stick around. You just stick around, bro. You think about the good moments, and you're like, "Yo, if we turn this shit around, it's gonna be popping." Think about it, bro. It's like we shouldn't have been rooting for if if the Knicks were your girlfriend the last couple of years, you would have broke up with her. Absolutely, <laughs> for sure. Right? Absolutely. Like with no no question, bro. The Mets too, like. Man, I wanted to break up with the Giants also. Yeah. You know, like... It's been rough. One we, of my friends... That was some rough sets. Yeah. You know, it's not... One of, one, of, one of my boys was like, yo, you hype for the Giants next year? I was like, hype for what? What do you want me... They won six games, bro. <laughs> like, Fuck. the reason why everyone was so angry at the, the Giants not making the playoffs in Washington with the whole Eagle Jalen Hurts thing, it's like, yo, let's not get it twisted. They were a minus point differential. And also, they won six games. Yep. So, like, let's not talk about them being an, a 10-win team and, like, yo, we're optimistic. Like, nah, man, I, I still am a little hesitant about Daniel Jones. I got to see what's going to happen with some of these moves. They got some big decision cap-wise. Yeah. You know, like, 
I like Leonard Williams. I'm not going to like him at the number he's asking for, $21 million a year. Like, you ain't Aaron Donald, bro. Mm -hmm. But you mentioned the market before, right? Yep. Dak Prescott is like, yo, I want to be paid only behind my homes. And it's fair for him to do that. He, he's proven the numbers to be a franchise quarterback. He's um, proven the numbers. He's proven that he's, uh, this is going to sound like weird and corny, but like he's proven that he's an adult and he can be a leader of your franchise, which yes. is what you want with the quarterback. Right. You know, you want a guy that could represent your team. And also, he's been productive. And he's outperformed his contract. Mm -hmm. Bro, the punter was making more money than him. That's absurd. Because he was a third, fourth round pick. And, like, you know, you weren't making... Like, Chris Godwin, I was talking about this with Allen. He made $800,000 last year. Ryan Suckup, who they signed in the offseason, made $1.5 million. Wow. I mean, Godwin was... I, I, I'm pretty sure Godwin was an all-pro in, in 2019. Or he made the Pro Bowl like a deserving Pro Bowler, not like... Wow. So it's like, yo. That blew my mind. Because I'd say I'm into NFL the least out of all the sports. And I love the Giants. And I play my fantasy football. But, like, I won't tune in every Sunday. Mm -hmm. I'll just, like, watch a little Red Zone or, like, catch the 1 o'clock games with some friends and then go about my errands and my business. Um, but that is pretty fucking nuts. Yo, if you ever look at player contracts, especially if they're second, third, fourth round picks, and they become, like, stars. Mm -hmm. Go look at what Alvin Kamara was making the first three years in his career. Wow. And he was balling. He's balling, bro. And then that's why, that's why again, the running back position, when they're like, yo, man, I'm going to hold out because I want my money. It's like, yeah, dude. You're and they don't pay you for what you did. They pay you for what you're at. Like, yeah, yeah, man. And that's why the shelf life is so low. And, like, you know, like, Le Le'Veon. Le'Veon's a prime like, example. Le'Veon, man. He took the bag good for him, but, like, kind of derailed the rest of his career. Absolutely. And, and also one thing that happens is you don't bring the team with you when you leave in free agency. Nope. You see it a lot with wide receivers where a guy will leave his quarterback, chases the bag, which without a doubt, go and do that. But then you realize that, yo, I'm Greg Jennings. I go to Minnesota. I don't got Aaron Rodgers with me. I'm Mike Wallace. I leave the Steelers. I go to Miami. I don't got Big Ben with me. And then you realize like, yo, I'm nice, but it's also nice to have a guy with some balls that could get me the ball. You know who else realized that too for as much as he hated him? Odell. Yeah. Odell was not happy with Eli, but go look at the numbers, man. The numbers are that's the one cool thing about sports. That's true. The numbers don't lie. And your best seasons were with Easy E. Yes, sir. So it ain't always the grass isn't always greener, man. Nope. It's a case by case too, because yeah. sometimes, you know, but like those are great examples. So you look at some of these contracts with these guys. Chris Godwin even said he's like, Look, I would love to come back to Tampa Bay, but I also want to get paid. Can't mm -hmm. knock him for that. Yep. You have to. And he's at his highest value. Yeah, right, for sure. Right now, for sure, because he was probably the best wide receiver on that team. Most consistent, without a doubt, yeah. Him and, like, Evans. Evans would get a little banged up. But Evans would have these weird, like, three catch for 20 yards and two touchdown games. Like, there was one week where he scored two touchdowns, and I think he had two catches for, like, four yards. It was, like, the most ridiculous, ridiculous. thing. But, yeah, man, you coming off a of Super Bowl, that's when you're going to get paid. That's why it's so hard for teams to repeat. Because yeah, it's and across a lot of sports, I don't we haven't had a repeat in, in a while. I'm trying to think of the last repeat champion, probably the Warriors, no, probably the Warriors. And then before, but that, then again, they for as much shit as they get for being a, a super team, like bro, they drafted all those guys. Oh, yeah, they put that core together. They put that core together, and they had a lot of injury luck in their favor, where Steph Curry. Comes into the league. He got those ankle issues. Mm -hmm. They pay him. He made $12 million the year he won MVP. Then he made $14 million a year. He won the second MVP unanimous. Right. 
My bad that I lucked out and I had Draymond as a second round pick and I get Clay. My core is there. And then I get Harrison Barnes also. I can pay a little bit extra to bring in Iggy. Mm -hmm. So I get that veteran presence. And, oh, I can replace Harrison Barnes 0 for 12 shooting with Durant. Why not? Who who won't do that? And the thing is, you see it at the tail end of that, though. It's like they had all the success. They had this core, and it was so fun, and they were dominant. But then they run into those Raptors, and it's just like the string of luck ran out. KD was hurt. He ends up forcing himself to come back. Achilles. Achilles. Then Clay gets then Clay hurt. Clay gets hurt. Boom. Injury luck is on the wrong Injury side there luck. for you. Following year, Steph is hurt. Out for the year. Bro, you know you I know? played fantasy basketball last year for the first time. I took Curry second. Oh, man. I'm he sorry. goes on. My first eight picks, um, only, I believe only Vucevic uh, played. Baller. Yeah, but like I had drafted Gordon Hayward. He got hurt. I drafted Laurie Markin, and he got hurt. Oh, I didn't have Zion. Zion was my second pick on the wraparound. Like, yeah. It was bad. Yo, I quit the league. <laughs> <laughs> the most bitch-ass move ever, bro. Listen, I paid my league fee. Look, you're built for a lot, but yeah, you that, might that's not be built that wasn't, for That wasn't ball. my thing, cool. man. That wasn't my thing. And it was the categories, and I was just getting fucking spanked. Because I had no, I had yeah. to start like Colby White as a rookie, as like my point guard. Oh, damn. And then after three weeks, I think I was I was in dead last for sure. I think I won one. I think I won one category one week, two categories the second week, and then one category. Oh my god! So I was like, I was like four and thirty-seven or some shit. So I just you hit were up getting my, slandered. You had to. Oh, bro, yeah, chat. yeah, was, because it was. It was a 12-man league, and I think about, like, seven of them I play <laughs> fantasy football with, and I just won. And they would say that shit. They're like, yo, bro, you're nice at fantasy football. Listen, this man, for you, the chief. confines of these group chats for fantasy sports, it gets nasty. It gets nasty, you bro. You will get Your pride eviscerated gets at the yeah. bottom. Uh, you know, like, if it's a week-to-week. Like, it depends who's in first. Like, last year, had a homie, Nick. Uh, he's, a, he's a Queens guy. He was in first for the majority of the year. He was screenshot, and every week he's just like, yo, boys, I'm in first. I'm just like, yo, th- you got to be there at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then COVID hit us, so it's just like we couldn't finish that season. That's right. So it's just like, damn, like, all right. like So then it's like we're running it back this year, and he's fighting for a playoff spot now. Mm. You know, so, like, tables turn, and, you, you know, like, luckily I'm in first. Um, I drafted Curry this year, and he's just killing it. Um, but, like, at the same time, I try not to step on the fantasy gods' toes. I believe in the fantasy. Oh, gods. I got I got fucked by that yes. this year, bro. I believe. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, I follow you. You you. Uh, Yo, so I saw I was, you give up the the the, the, I gave the up, belt, right? I gave up my girl, man. Oh, I damn. gave up my baby. Yo, so I won it back to back years. I've won it three times in five years. This year, I'm seven and zero. I make a trade after week two. Uh, I get Chris Godwin and McCaffrey. Remember you gambled. McC- I remember that. Yeah, because, yo, my team was... It was, was a great gamble. My team was stacked, dude. I hit on, like, Miles Gaskin before he popped off. I had Cam Akers. I had Kyler Murray carrying me. Oh like, God. I had a lot of depth on my team, right? So, and my boy Dom, he's very panicky. Like, like yo, if, if he has Devontae Adams and he has three catches for 30 yards, he's like, yo, I got to get rid of him. I can't believe... Like, if... So... I hit him up about McCaffrey. Volatile sport. Fantasy, yeah, man. Fantasy, uh, fantasy football. Fantasy football, yeah, because the injuries, they come out of nowhere, right? So mm-hmm. um, I have Zeke also. Zeke the first couple weeks with Dak putting up 20 uh, spots. I'm like, yo, let's go. You know, like we're, we're good. I got Terry McLaurin. I got, I got a very, like my bench was starters on a lot of people's teams. So anyway, I make this trade 
and then I don't have McCaffrey and Godwin. All but maybe four games in the regular season, I had I had them both, like combined, and I still end up winning. I'm like seven and zero, and now I'm like now my head is getting even bigger than it is now. I'm sending them like pictures of McCaffrey with Olivia Copo. Like, wait till my guy get on the field. It's quiet for you, motherfuckers. I'm sending them like, yo, Zeke is in my flex now. That's how oh, stacked my man. team is. And I'm sending them pictures of him in like the GQ because he did the GQ stuff that he was yeah, getting roasted yeah. for. I was like, yo, look at this stud. This stud is coming back. It's quiet. So I'm seven and zero, right? And then uh, I drop a game because I had like a week eight by by week blues. It was bad. Mm-hmm. And then I get to uh, I get to eight and one. I'm first in points for like I'm I'm still dominating people. And I'm just like, yo, when I get McCaffrey back. I'm like, yo, it's quiet for you guys, right? <laughs> McCaffrey comes back, has that one game against the Chiefs, puts up 32. Mm-hmm. I score 208 points, half PPR. Damn, the most in our point. That's, in our that's ever. like you don't you don't do that. So I start going to Flight Club, and I'm sending my boys like, yo, with your fantasy money, uh, you doubled <laughs> down. Damn, yo, I, dude, it exists, man. Like you, you just have to have your run in with the fantasy gods, and then you're just like. All right, let me cool it. So then what happens? McCaffrey gets hurt. Zeke completely falls off a cliff. He's putting up six points a week. Zeke is the Zeke player in fantasy is the worst guy you can have because he was my third round pick. Uh, sorry, my, my third overall pick. I can't bench, dude. Nope. Can't drop him. I can't drop him. Like, it literally doesn't let you drop him. I have Tony Pollard because one of my things in fantasy football is my first round pick. I'm always going to handcuff his backup. Smart. Because, like. Never happy. That, you just never so know. Yeah. But you just even even if I take like I took Tony Pollard like the tenth round, whatever. At that point, like I got my starters filled out. I just feel better if some whack shit happens. I at least got my my handcuff for my number one pick. So I'm just over there. I end up getting Devontae Adams in a trade too, and it's just like because I had Nick Chubb also. So Damn. I flip I flip I flip Nick Chubb for Devontae Adams straight up when Chubb got hurt. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yo, Chubb is going to be out eight weeks. I got Devontae because that dude had Kareem Hunt. So he's like, yo, I can have both. So my team is like stacked. And then all of a sudden, Colin Murray gets hurt too. And now I go from top seed with a 150 points for advantage to I go one and three to end the year. So I'm nine and four. And my team does not crack 100 points, bro, for the last four weeks. Wow. And I end up losing the tiebreaker. From the first, so first place in our league gets your money back. Okay. Because I felt like I came up with this rule. I'm like, yo, bro, if you've been the best team for 13 weeks. You guys get a buy too or no? What's up? Yeah, you get your buy also. But like, which a lot of people feel like that's enough getting the buy because then it's one win and then you're in the finals. But it's like, yo, bro, if I've been the best team for 13 weeks, I should be rewarded for that. So Mm -hmm. first place, you get your money back. Then first and second, obviously, get the buy week. So I miss out on first place by 18 points. I miss out on second place by 3.4. Oh, so you have to. That's yeah. So then I end up playing in the first round. I get bounced. I love a bye, man. Cause yeah, you, that week could be your worst week. So then you know I start, I start fucking playing games with, with myself in my head. I'm just like, fuck, man. If I end up at least getting one of the buys, I'm in the finals regardless. Cause of course, when your team gets bounced, and then it's week 15, the bye week week, my team puts up 190. I'm like, oh. Fuck Yo, this, and then right? that happens too. So no matter what, I'm that looking. Shit humbles you. Yeah, I'm looking. Like no other. I'm looking at all the matchups, and I'm like, yo, no matter what, I would have beaten whoever I would have played. Mm-hmm. And then in the finals, I would have lost, but still, I would have gotten, you know, make a split or something. Yep. And they've been killing me since, bro. My boy, my boy came over. My, my guy Ralph, shouts to Ralph. He came through, and it was the first time he pulled up to my apartment. 
and he had his jacket on and then he took it off and he had the belt. I was like, damn. Oh. I was like, yo, you stole my chick and then you pull up to my crib for the first time with her. I was like, damn. Yo. I was just like, yo, yo, let me just touch it, bro. Let me That's funny it. because I thought it was a handoff when uh, you were posting that the, you know, the belt because I saw that you were posting home. You visited with the belt. I was just like, damn, were you handing it off? Nah, and he was pulled up, man. Coming. That is a flex. He, he came through. You see that, you know, when the season's over. I might have gotten inspired by you guys because I have my own fantasy league too. Um, I didn't do too well this year in it, but um, I ended up getting a trophy because I ended up winning back to back. I'm like, yo, I need a trophy so I could just have the trophy and like, let's make this a thing where, you know, it's just going to be a timeless thing because that's the best part about these fantasy yeah, leagues. Yeah. Is that it's a camaraderie, bro. It's like, it's all my boys since Even I was in like the 15. off season, you're still talking shit in that same group chat. Like, yeah. Whether it's about normal He actually shit. texted us yesterday. Him, he's just like, He's in like a speedo and he's wearing the belt. He's like, "Yeah, I'm ready oh. for vacation." I'm like, damn, son, bro. When I bought when I bought that trophy, um, I ended up like baking in like the league fee to like everyone just chips in. That's what we did. So, so the belt was around like two hundred bucks. Okay. So the year that we got the belt, we got it maybe like four or five years into our league. This was year eight of it. So our league fee is three hundred bucks. So I was like, "Yo, for that year, let's just do three twenty-five. I'll buy the belt, and then the you get the name plaque." Which That's is a steep league fee, brother. Yeah, yo, we wanted to get up to a thousand, and then my some of my boys were just like, "Yo," because we were doing like we started at fifty, then we went a hundred, then we went one fifty, then we went two hundred, then we went two fifty, then we went three hundred. Yeah, when we were gonna go to we were gonna skip three fifty and go to four hundred, and then uh, my my boy Dom and even my buddy Joe were just like. Yo, man, we got the money to do it. Like, we all have, like, we're all doing all right. We could afford it. But it's like, yo, if we get to, like, 500 and you do some bitch-ass trade, it's going to be a problem. Like, yo, that's... Going to hurt some feelings. Yeah, bro, you're talking about that's going to be, like, a $3,500 first price prize. That's, that's like, two rents. Ruining some friendships, maybe. Comes around Christmas. Yo, we kicked out one of my boys from our league because my buddy Frankie used to be in our league, and he traded... With my friend Danny, who now is married to his sister, he did some whack shit. Like he traded Ray Rice at the time when Ray Rice was like super popping yep. for Joyke Bell, the backup running back on the Lions, because he All came right. in. That's We're like, yo, that's collusion, son. Yeah. That's mad sketchy. Yeah. And then we had like a group meeting, a separate, uh, uh, separate you hate group when chat. That happens. We had a separate group chat, and we're like, yo, we decided at the we didn't tell him until the draft. So he shows up to the draft, and like my boy that came in to replace him, we're just like, yo, we thought what you guys did was some foul shit. So. We're we're gonna get rid of you. He's Damn. like, seriously? We're like, yeah, you have to leave, bro. It's like, yo, wow. we voted it nine to one, and like the only person that didn't vote against you is gonna be your fucking brother-in-law. <laughs> That's fucking nuts. But it's like it's it's competitive. Yeah, it gets so, really competitive. So like and what you said with the price, like a lot of us. That's the only. I'm league. bullshitting, by the way. My baseball league's three hundred. So yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm in the mix with, with stuff like that. So so it's like, but that's the one league that we all play in, mm-hmm. and it's like I I don't play any other yearly leagues. It's like yo, at one point I was in like eight leagues, and I'm like yo, that I'm, can get tiresome. Like I do it just because sometimes it keeps me within those group of friends. And right, right, right. Shit, but like. I try to cap myself at like three per sport, if that, because I've done like five and it's just like, damn, I forgot to set this lineup. And then it sucks when you forget to set that lineup because then you start thinking about it. It's just like, yo. And, and what about this, right? Like there was the, the last year that I did it, I think six of my eight teams made the playoffs and like two of them had a bye week. So I had four teams going 
Brandon Marshall scores a touchdown. I'm hyped. I'm like, yo, let's go. And then he's burning me on three other matchups. I'm like, fuck, yo, I don't even know what to say. Are you having fun then? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it's like, oh, ah, fuck, man, that killed me. Like Rogers throws four touchdowns, helps my one team, Mm -hmm. and then I lose because they all went to Jordy Nelson, and Jordy Nelson's going. So it's just like, it's just too much. So now, conflict of interest. Yeah, I just stopped. I do that one league, and you know, we all decided like, yo, let's just buy the belt. And then we just pass it around. Like every year, you're responsible. The winner's responsible to get the name plaque. Yep. You do your thing. And then we have it like color coordinated. So now it was it was white lettering the first if you've won it. Then um, my buddy Dom won it a second time. So he got it in gold. Ooh, then I got okay. it in gold. Nice. So now that I won the third time, I got it in blue because the belt is gold, white, and blue. Nice. So it's like now my buddy Ralph, he won it a third time. So he's getting it in blue also. How long has so- your league been going now? Eight years. Nice. Eight years, and only three of us have won, bro. Wow. Me and Ralph have won it three times each. Similarly, my my football league, uh, I think we started like 2012, so it's like eight, nine years. We've only had like three or four people win. Yeah, and Dom won it twice. And my buddy Impy, who's been on the show a bunch, he's like 0-4 in the finals. So oh, I call him, I call him, I call him Buffalo Imp because the Bills went to four Super Bowls <laughs> and lost. And then my friend Eric is 0-3. And then uh, my, my buddy Joe, like, we call him the, the Bengals of our fantasy league. Remember those Bengals teams where Andy Dalton, they yeah. go, like, 11 and 12 wins, and then they just lose in the first round every oh, year? Man. He would get bye weeks, and we'd be like, oh, we're playing Joe? All right, bet. It's quiet for you. First so round like, version. Yo, 10 and, <laughs> yo, yeah, 10 and 3, 11 and 2, most points 4. He went 12 and 1 one year and oh, got bounced man. in the first. He's like, yo, I don't like playing this shit, man. This shit's ass. <laughs> and then you'll have me, like, so the, year, the year I won it two years ago. I went, uh, I went seven and six, and I beat a twelve and one team, and I and I beat an eleven and two team, and my friends were sick. They're like, "Yo, Damn. son!" Like, I'm like, "Hey, man, this is this is what happens." I think uh, since I bought that that trophy, um, and I spiced it up. Like, I got the trophy because I went back to back. Uh, throw it in the group chat. Uh, this is back. I'm in complex still, so like, I had them ship it there. And then I had it on my desk for a little bit, like let everyone know, like yo. So it's just like, look, you're t- you're fucking with the fantasy gods. You're like messing around with it. Like even, I try not to do it in season because it's humbled me. But like after the fact, I'll be like, all right, I'm the champ. You can't take it away from me yeah, for a whole yeah, another yeah. year. And then I did it back to back. So I was like, let me get this trophy. I did a photo shoot with it. I don't think I've made the playoffs since I've done that. Damn, you know. So it's bad, like, yeah. you know. So it's like I I think it was worth it because it spiced up the league and everyone's like, yo, I want that trophy now. And it's like it's always a thing. Like, yo, did you pick the trophy up? Or I'm gonna give the trophy to you. And then that person takes the picture with it. Or like they'll leave it out when people pull up for a game and they're just like, yo, you see that? And I'll be like, oh yeah, my name's on. It. Everyone else is just like, yeah what like i'm gonna get that next year so it's it's great yeah in in our group chat they started a hashtag abl anyone but lamb (laughs) so anytime someone you're a fucking villain yo bro i mean i did it myself to to myself bro i would do like wrestling photo shoots where i'd recreate fucking like old old photos like classic wrestling photos (laughs) like it was bad bro i bought it to miami for the bachelor party oh no you didn't (laughs) it was dominic's bachelor party so i just opened up the suitcase i was like yo yo, i I brought a bottle for you man to celebrate he's like oh what i was like i got johnny blue label So it's like it's an expensive bottle. So I yep. open it up, it's a bottle. He's like, yo, fuck you, man. I don't even want you here no more. God. So I definitely got humbled this year because I was like sending screenshots. It happens. And it happens, man. It happens. If you play fantasy sports, I'm sure you will agree that it happens. Yeah. Everyone got stories like that. Yep. My man, this was fun, dude. We could keep going. We're, we're coming up on like two hours of just shooting the shit, Had man. a lot of fun. Either way, like talking shit with you anytime. Bro. Yeah, man. It's my pleasure. Thank you for coming in. Tell the people where they can find you, your social medias and whatnot, because we also got to bang out a Patreon exclusive, which is 
uh, the six pack. For sure. Uh, I'm excited to hear some of your answers there. So floor nice. is yours, man. That's Tell people what you're, what you're working on, where they can find you. For sure. Anything. Um, so I'm at that guy JT, uh, Twitter and Instagram specifically. Not working out much recently. You know, been a little bit dormant, uh, more to myself, taking care of myself. But at the same time, you know, always follow me, interact with me. I'm always down to shoot the shit. Uh, always follow back. And, you know, I'm just blessed to be here. Blessed, blessed to have a friend like you and, you know, shooting the shit. Hope to come back real soon and maybe uh, definitely we'll do it sooner than the three years and we have yeah man other. yeah in person for sure bro yeah. absolutely it's always a pleasure man and you know it's good to have people like you in, in my corner um just just looking out that that shit like i said a different perspective over the last couple of months with the pandemic you for know sure. the, the whole idea of giving people their flowers while they're here for sure like it's i don't know who i don't know where i heard that from or where it's from, but yeah. I love that concept. I love it too. And it's just like, yo, don't don't be embarrassed. I've been doing that a lot more recently yeah, myself. Man. So it brings me to, you know, even a combo we had before. Authenticity, being authentic. You're true to yourself. You deserve everything that's coming your way. And that's why it's on the table for you. So I just want you to remember that. Appreciate it, man. Fist me right here, brother. Pause. <laughs> yeah, guys, we'll catch you next time. I'm coming for real. Taking that food right off of your grill. Nikki too ill. Can't let it drop on me spill. Clogging the lane. I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.